This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win... Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Uh, welcome to the Chelsea Fancast. Uh, I am Stanford Chidge, of course, and uh, this is uh, one of our kind of special random episodes, uh, which we like to call In Off The Post, largely because it consists entirely of your personal correspondence to the show in the form of mainly emails, uh, which we couldn't fit in to our Monday night show because you sent so many of them in, you lovely people. So we're going to read through them all tonight on this particular show and of course with me is the long-suffering absolutely marvellously lovely Mr Jonathan Kidd. Great to be on the show thank you very much pleased that we're reading this sack full this bag full of emails that came through thank you very much for writing it everybody thank you. I think it's an I think they broke the record this week I mean maybe it's because we had a break didn't we for the cup uh or the fact that we weren't in the cup but uh and yeah, I'm just astonished. I don't think we've ever had so many, but we are true to our word, JK. You send them in, we'll we'll read them. You know, we'll read them absolutely. Yeah, you, you tee us up, we'll hit them out of the park. So there you go. Uh, so without further ado, uh, we have email number one from Don Tabia. Dear old Don, dearest Chidge and JK, he starts with, which I love. Thank you, Don, very much. Um, plus one is that a young person's way of saying kudos? Plus no, one. no, no. It's it's literally plus one if you read it. Plus one on the seven thirty p.m. start. What would that Much make it? Eight thirty. That's right. Actually, so he he wants it to be eight thirty. I think you're right. I think he means. I think he mean. He doesn't mean that, does he? He means. No, he means thumbs up. Yeah, he, he means does. Good on you. He does, doesn't he? I'm a dick. You're good on you. Yes. Yeah, so I'll start it again. Dearest Chidgen JK, I love that, Don. Thank you for calling it saying dearest. <laughs> uh, repeated myself. I've started again. Don't make me laugh tonight. <laughs> Plus one on the 7.30 p.m. start. Much better for our, for your, for our, oh, God, 
Take three. Take three. Dearest Chinjin JK. Oh, thank you, Don. Thank you. <laughs> Plus one on the 7.30 p.m. start. Much better for your digestion, not your indigestion, which I was going to say. Best, Don. Thank you. Short and sweet and to the point. Yes, much better. I've had a really nice scoff before coming on. Mind you, it was 8.30 tonight, wasn't it? So yeah, it was, We started at 9. We've started at 9. And, and the first email is arguably the shortest email we've ever had. And we, yeah, we, yeah. we've had to do three takes. This bodes well for the other 21, doesn't it? <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, and by the Good way, start. he's yeah. making me laugh already. And, and I've slightly pulled an abductor muscle and it hurts like hell every time I Ab- laugh. Abductor or adductor? Abductor. Is it, it's an abductor, abductor isn't it? It's, it's adductor. Adductor. An abductor would Some... be something you've been grabbing women off the street. Well, somebody's abducted my muscle. abductor. That's what's happened. <laughs> Fucking hell. I mean, this is going to be... This is going to be one of those shows tonight, isn't it? Anyway, whatever. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, email number two is from a dear old friend of ours, the shows and mine, uh, JP McCrate. JP's been listening since the year dot. Uh, and he says... Uh, oh, by the way, I should add... and um, uh, This is important. Um, you may remember... Uh, a few weeks ago, uh, a gentleman called Andrew Douglas emailed in and was pissed off with the show. Well, actually, he was pissed off with JK mainly because JK kept ranting about the same thing every week about Potter. And Andrew. Well, no, only for a couple of weeks. Andrew, Andrew accused him of being boring. And JK was rather upset about this. Not, not, not unjustifiably. Um, now, it, as a consequence, the reason why we have so many emails tonight is that. And I think it's a beautiful thing, actually, that so many of you have written in to, to leap to Andrew's defence. And I'm going to read all of these out. Well, I'm not. JK and I are going to read them all out because you've written them in, so we read them out. But I want to I want to preface this by saying that Andrew, and I think his email does appear also tonight as well, actually, but Andrew did did write in afterwards and was mortified at everybody's reaction on the show. And absolutely agreed with jk that actually boring was the wrong wrong use of word and actually what he meant was irritating which was perfect yes, which i agreed with yeah yes. yeah and and you I know was irritating. i was i admit it yeah. and subsequently i've written to andrew i think i certainly sent the email on to jk i don't know if he's written him an email or not but you know we, we we've all kissed and made up and there's no 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 harm done everybody's you know cool so I, I just wanted to preface that because I don't want Andrew to listen to this show and think, oh, my God, they they all hate me and everybody's writing in, you know, thinking I'm a, a, a Gareth or whatever, because that, that's, that's certainly not the case from our point of view. And you lot who wrote these emails in, lovely that it ha- is that you have done so to, to, to stick up for JK. Um, you know, Andrew Andrew's, you know, more than apologised, not that he actually really needed to, so... So I just wanted to make that clear because I don't want this to be a shaming exercise for Andrew. So anyway, my uh, my speech is now over. And uh, JP says, greetings and salutations. Read the email from Andrew Douglas. I just want to say, and not a criticism, uh, but the warning of the show is real fans, real opinions. This is true to the show's ethos. You must take the rough with the smooth. I will say this again. I love you all, even if I don't agree. I don't listen to the show other than for its genuine fans' opinion, and I love it for that. Chidge, you have a second job as a chief negotiator if you ever needed a second job. I love you the more for it, and I love how you handled that. Also, thanks for having the honesty to read it out. It makes me love your show even more than I already did. My message to Andrew is, come back, Andrew. We love you, and we care you care. Just think of JK Naked. 
it might help you out more in your distaste of his views. <laughs> then again, JK, just be you. Love you, mate. I don't always agree to what you may say, but I share your fanbite videos around to my fellow Chelsea mates who love you and your content. I can't imagine they think of you naked. Then again, <laughs> hard to know what goes on behind closed doors. Maybe wrong choice of words. Up the Chelsea. Excellent. Excellent. I'm trying to think what I could if I was naked. What you know? Well, you did it once, didn't you? In your in your the Castro no, GTX. I, I had scarf. my 1973 yeah. uh, red, white, and green scarf over my privates. Can you, you remember know. what you must have lost a bet with me to do that? Can you remember what it I was? I did. I did. Can I think remember? it was. Wasn't it betting that we'd win several trophies or something? Very you know, probably. You know, yeah. You know, my usual optimistic yeah. self. Um, but um, yes, I said if they won, if I think if we. Well, perhaps it was the opposite. I can't remember, Chidge. Isn't that awful? The great moment of bearing almost, but no, bearing the cock, because in fact it fell down, didn't it? Which is it? why it, it never went to air. Oh, indeed, why it never went to air. I saved yeah. the nation from that one. Yeah, yeah. Save the nation from your privates, mate. You wouldn't have been able to have seen it. It was like a, you know. Well, I would like have blown it. it up, obviously. Well, you had to have done, hugely, because, <laughs> because you'd have to also. I think you had stage fright, J.K. It was like, it was, I Sure, I did. I'm pleased to say it was a, it was like a um, a small rodent in a thicket. <laughs> Don't make me laugh. Don't make me laugh. It hurts. Anyway, um, email number three: Philip Maguire, Jonathan Boring. You have to be kidding. And Philip is clever because he spelled kidding K Y double D I N G. Philip, result. Result. Hello, chaps. Oh, what smashing opinionated yet informed chaps you be. My second time writing you with my first email, uh, writing to you with my first email, I like to think still your only email, sent from when I was working in Oman about three years ago. That's not to say my listening has been as lax as my writing. After hearing you read out, admirable to do so, by the way, the highly critical email, the highly critical email on Jonathan, boring kid in capital letters. I thought, oh, good, a Chelsea pod, I don't know. Must give that a listen. <laughs> Excellent. I've been a regular to Outer Cobham, but didn't know the other pod, but it was awful in comparison to your good selves. Jonathan is absolutely hilarious when he gets going. Yeah, I have to get going. You're right. But um, um so refreshing, not boring to hear some proper passionate heart on sleeve ranting. It's something which has been banned by those younger than us. Ooh, you can't say that with freedom of speech going out the window. Oh, yes, you in brackets fucking can. And oh, yes, Jonathan can keep up the brilliant work. I've just in brackets finally got on Patreon to support your and my cause. Kindly, Phil. Fabulous, Phil. Love it. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank what? you. Very funny. Very good. Well done, Phil, and thank you for joining Patreon. I owe you a Kerry scarf and a Discord link, I suspect, if I haven't sent it out already. But if I haven't, I'll get on it soon, I promise. Uh, this is from Barry Noel. He says, Hi, everyone. I love the fan cast. I don't like the criticism of Jonathan. No way is he boring. He's hilarious. I love him. He's the essence of the fan cast. Love you guys. All the best, Chidge and Jonathan. You're the greatest. By the way, I'm a contributor. Wish I could give you more dosh. All the best, Barry. Oh, cheers, Barry. That's lovely. And oh, uh, thank you, Barry. Thank you, thank and I mean, you, thank you. the other thing is, I should also preface this is that this is going to sound like the most fucking wanky, masturbatory, overindulgent uh, podcast ever for me and Jonathan just reading out these, you know, emails eulogizing him and me and the show. But you wrote them. <laughs> what are we supposed to do? You know, that's my caveat. 
Anyway, uh, the aforementioned Andrew Douglas has now has his moment uh, to shine, JK. FAO Jonathan Kidd. Dear Jonathan, thought I would drop you a quick line after hearing my email being read out on Monday's podcast. To be honest, although probably somewhat naive, when I wrote it, I didn't dream it would be read out. Well, what do you think was going to happen to it, Andrew? If it's any consolation, I was mortified and was squirming a bit as she read it out. I was prompted to write after listening to the show following the Palace game. And if you don't mind me saying it, a bit of a rant about Potter and the team. Yes, I, yes, yes, I did. This followed a similar rant. Yes, yes, I was being boring Yep, the week before <laughs> when Chidge was away. <laughs> you and mean Dean you were misbehaving yes, when I was away? Yeah, well, no, to be fair to me here, let's be fair to me. Dean didn't interrupt me. Dean ah, just let me get on with yes, it. You true, know, true, Dean, true. And I kept thinking, when's he gonna, I actually said to him, aren't you going to stop me? Dean was standing in. It was this in addition to your score predictions for both the Palace and Liverpool games that compelled me to contact the show. Yeah, but I was pissed off, Andrew. was pissed off. And honestly, they're, Andrew, they're, there, are, there, are, there are people yet to be discovered in the Amazon rainforest who know that you should never take any notice of JK's predictions ever. There's a exactly, reason. There's a exactly. reason why he sits near the bottom of our Prem Predictions League. That's all I'm saying. Absolutely. Absolutely. This season has been frustrating. Other than, of course, when I was little, I used to do my mother's pools. Did you really? And I remember getting, um, yes, I remember getting eight and a half points one week. Wow. Through, and my mother used to say, oh, Jonathan knows. I knew a bit more about football when I was about eight or nine because <laughs> I knew all about the team. Anyway, <laughs> the, the horror is you show me some of the pictures of some of the teams and I'll name all the players. Yeah. Right. Yeah, not Chelsea, not just Chelsea, yeah. other teams. Yeah. You go, oh, God, that's stuck in there. Wow. And, Do you know memory. what? I, yeah. I, I did this at Dad's service. Um, there was a guy there who I got talking to, lovely bloke, who was an Ipswich fan. And oh, yeah. uh, he said, oh, I'm not really much of a fan, but I remember them back in the day. And I was with my best mate, Simon. And we said, oh, what, you mean when Bobby Robson and they won the UEFA Cup? And both Simon and I could name their bloody team. Yes, yes. Frightening. But they were, they were great. They were a great side. Yeah. Yeah. They were great. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, Eric Mariner. Gates. Walk Gates. David Geddes. Yeah. Um, John John Walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Um, Butcher. Terry, Terry Butcher, Butcher, Mick Mills. Yeah. Paul Mariner. Good players, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway. Kevin Beattie. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, good sign. Can't, can't remember the goal. I'm trying to remember. Cooper? Yeah, I think you're right. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um... Uh, 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 it was in this addition to your score prediction, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, this season has been frustrating. No doubt I could see signs of improvement, even in the Fulham game. Yes, I said that, though. I said I admitted it. I thought that Felix was very good. The, yes, Trev and Cover were awful. Yeah, awful. But the form of Felix was encouraging. Yes, I said that. I truly believe that when Koulibaly equalised, we go on and win the game. We all know what happened next. Similarly, against Palace, I thought the overall performance attitude of the team was good. Thought Trev's did okay at right back. I agree. I said that. Badia Shield looked classy. Yes. Gallagher's you gave all. I've said that. Yeah. J5 and Zayek had their best games for It's exactly what I said. I said, you know, they, he made an effort, J5. And Zayek, indeed. Yes, Kepper made one or two good saves. So did their keeper overall. Thought we deserved to win. Yes, I agree. But we still weren't. We're still not at a level that, you know. Anyway. You're basically uh, agreeing with each other here. Well, I'm... I, I'm agreeing with him because I said all of this. Yeah, but you're agreeing with each other. I wasn't being boring, though. No, I'm just no, talking no. about the game. I said all of this, Chief. Stop being this, defensive. This, we're, hey, I'm we're, not. We're past that. We're past. No, no, that. I'm no, because you're you're 
you're saying that we're agreeing. I'm only agreeing with what what I said. So yes. I'm actually I'm actually defending myself in a positive way. Yes. And he's agreeing with what you said too. So you know, anyway, go on. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> I think when you were discussing my mail, you said something like, I bet he doesn't even go to the matches or something similar. Did I say that? I apologize. Ooh. Yeah, I know. Ooh. To a certain extent. Ah, to a certain extent, you're correct. Ha, 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 ha. But funnily enough, I was at the Palace game. Oh, ho, ho, ho. To see the club's tribute to the great Gianluca. These days, I'd consider myself a fan rather than a supporter. But to be fair in my email, I didn't acknowledge your commitment to the team traveling home and away. Yes, you did say that. Yes. My dad first took me to the bridge in 1967. Oh, 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 oh. For the next two years, I was taken by the manager of a football team I played for in Tulse Hill. My parents immigrated to Perth in 1969. I returned to the UK in 1973. I then started going regularly, home and away from 1974 up until the early 90s. Since then, I've attended about five or six home games a season. Although not always there these days in body, my commitment to following the Blues is undiminished. Okay. Anyway, Jonathan, I wanted to apologise to you for using the word boring. Yeah. Not only for the fact that using the same word three or four <laughs> times in the one email wasn't means it was particularly well written. Also because it was the wrong word to use. Yeah, that's what I said. I should have said found it irritating or annoying. Your input's never boring. Thank you. That's what I said at the time. I thought it was um, quite funny that he said boring in capital letters four times. I have four to be times. Honest. Yes. 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 Yeah. But I then said, no, just replace the word with irritating. Yeah. Anyway, I obviously didn't go through my threat to abandon the podcast. I'm clearly listening on Monday to hear my dreaded email being read out. Hopefully going forward with new additions to the squad and players coming back from injury, we can start playing some decent football and climbing the table. I hope there are no hard feelings. No, there are none, Andrew. All the very best, Andrew. P.S. I'm not on Twitter or Instagram. Not sure how to watch the short videos you put out after each game. Your fan bite. Can you watch them on YouTube? Mm. We'll be able to watch them on YouTube, Andrew, because I'm going to create the Jonathan Kidd Chelsea. Aren't you going to put them on the Chelsea Fancast bloody YouTube channel like you promised me? I will as well. You were going to send me all of those in in the whole the whole. Yeah, okay, I'll do, I'll do, I'll do, it's just such a fag, though. Isn't I, it? know. I know. Oh God! Yes. You just have all to right. put them in a file, and we transfer them to me, mate. Oh, okay, Chidge. I have to do the hard work. No, I know, I know, Chidge. I know, I know. But even putting them in a file is oh, honestly. Yes, okay. All right. Okay. Good. 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 good uh, and good, also, good. I I haven't downloaded them from um, having recorded them. I haven't done. They're still. They're just on my my photos on the phone. Are so. they? Bloody hell. Yeah, I know. I've done a bit. I've been. I know. I'll do it. I'll do it. You're right. You're right. I'll do it. I'll yeah. do it. All right. If you if you send them to me, I'll put them up. I promise. All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah Andrew, we'll have it all sorted. Yeah. Thank you, mate. Thank you. Nice. Nice. Nice to write back. And yes, it was a small spat. And if I see you at the bridge, we'll 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 shake hands, like men. Well, I said to Andrew, you know, I, I mean, it was lovely to hear, hear when when I read that he he's been going since '67. I, I I wrote back said, "Mate, you're a better fan than me." I was, you know, it was only two then. It kind of made me think of Clayton and Tim, who both started going at the same time, actually. So clearly, Andrew is a is a long time, lifelong fan. Been you know seventy four to ninety. That's you know that's a good innings. Particularly he was there when we were shit. Clearly. But I said, look, you know, if you do get to a game, just let us know and come and see us in the pub and I'll buy you a pint and we can have a proper old natter. So there is no harm done. All has been uh, resolved beautifully. So well done, Andrew. Uh, and uh, and there we go. Um, and also, I think I've been less critical of Potter because I've just gone into a kind of slump of resignation about having him as our manager. But yes. um, uh, and we'll see how he deals with having 
um, a group of stars now who are untried and untested, but nonetheless, with everybody coming back from injury, let's just see what happens because um, uh, I'm not convinced at the moment no, that well, you he, know. Will, uh, he will blend them into no. a side but that here, will make us competitive. Here's the thing, you know, he will either succeed or he will fail. But the reality yes. is we need time to decide which it will be. Yes. That's the yes. reality. Well, I well, uh, question how long the owners are going to give him. Well, and that's not in our control. I mean, actually, no. it's, it's an interesting thing. You know, we were kind of talking about this before we went on air. But, you know, I mean, is it resignation? Is it submitting to things? I mean, the reality is, and I think this is why I'm so... Because I've, I've come on, mate. I mean, I spent an entire year absolutely... Li I mean, I don't think you were on the show in those days. Remind me if you were or not. But 2013, when we had Benitez in charge, I lost my shit for a year. I mean, you, I made your rants look like, you know, polite kisses. Um, so I, I, I've got no compulsion about coating off a manager if I don't like them. And I wasn't that enamoured of Sarri, if you remember. Um, but I, I was, think but the, the combination, though, was that Benitez was was opinionated and loathsome. aggressive. And yes, and was was did not come across well and was clearly marginalising um, one of the great Chelsea legends in the side as Terry. well. At the time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So... Uh, um, and was making decisions that we could all see were were bizarre and seemed almost to be self um, well serving some kind of agenda that he had against the side. So it was a very difficult um... a bit like Brian Clough when he went to Leeds in a weird sort. Yeah, sense, so, yeah, it? yeah. Throw yeah. your medals in the bin because you were That's all right. cheating. Yeah, yeah. Good exactly. impression, Chidge. Thank you. Do a, yeah. do a good do a good Brian Clough. Anyway. Um, well, what was I talking about? Yeah, I've had a rant about managers, and, uh, but I, I mean, I've kind of changed. I've grown up a bit and basically I've realised uh, that we have absolutely no control over who is our manager or not. So there's no point getting bitter and twisted about it. You just have to ride these things out, you know, and, and OK, if, if you're somebody who thinks Potter was absolutely shit, should never have been appointed, was a completely stupid appointment then you will have your day when he gets fired, if he gets fired for being no good. And you can say, there, well, you know, I told you so, I told you so. And I'll go, well, fair enough, well done. But I well, realised we have no control over what happens because well, we can't though, fire I, him. I like to be able to observe what's happening and comment accordingly. I'm not, um, I think with Benitez, we were allowed to be um, keen on him not ever being um, uh, given the job in the first place because of his negative comments about Chelsea supporters and the club yeah. which weren't club, endearing club. the club yes yeah. so uh, I think in his instance you could say I didn't want him to be involved no, at all yeah, definitely, but, definitely. Um, but in, with, as regards Potter it's it's still possible to give him a it's still possible I'm I'm still giving him a chance yes I think and they're, they're in you're absolutely right mate you nailed it because you know the reality I mean, I mean this is quite fresh in my mind having I mean god almighty if you go on Twitter at the moment it's just a it's just a shit fest you know it's everywhere you look it's it's a battle about mason mount and these wankers coming out of the woodwork coating him off all the time it's the most horrible i have ever seen it my threshold of patience for it is about 10 minutes at the moment which is why i'm not posting much um but um so this is kind of quite ripe at the moment but the reality is we are chelsea supporters so we love the club we get behind it we back the players we back the manager most of the time, I have to hasten to add. So I'm prepared to give him a chance, you know, absolutely. 
But it's interesting, isn't it? Benitez, I never wanted to give a chance, actually. I was absolutely adamant about that. I, yeah, I me mean, and me both. I mean, yeah. I remember. I, I, I mean, I was not the only one who did this, but I went, I, I had a chat with Steve Atkins at Cobham um, when there were rumours kicking around that AVB was going to, or it, no, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was, um, not it Goose? No, Goose. no, because they were going to bring Raffer in after AVB, I think. They were looking at him, and I I remember having a chat with Steve Ack saying, "Whatever you do, don't do it. It will end in tears. Nobody likes him, uh, and he's shit as a manager anyway." Um, and I think a lot of us who are quite close to the club had, had had various conversations along those lines. So when the club hired him, it was like, "Fuck you, we know better," and I think that really rankled with a lot of us, particularly yes. me. You know. Yes. So it was always bound to be a disaster. Anyway, I remember when when Twitter posted that um, he was about to be uh, appointed. I wrote back and said, "This is shoddy journalism. Don't be ridiculous." Yeah. As if Chelsea, Chelsea would ever appoint somebody who'd been so critical yeah. about the club. And lo and behold, and I wrote an apology. I wrote back, "I'm so sorry. I didn't didn't realise that the the club would actually be this stupid." Uh, yes, absolutely incapable of understanding the way the fans felt about him as a manager. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it happens a lot in football, it has to be said, but, uh, you know, that Brian Clough analogy is a pretty good one, I think. Anyway, uh, this is from Anthony Grizos, and he says, Good evening, lads. It's me again from Down Under. I'm writing this email for JK because he said he liked my last email and wanted to hear more from people in Australia. Uh, it's, as, it's as if you were just discovered as a country, isn't it? I'm writing this just after listening to the Liverpool v Chelsea review and everything you guys have said are spot on. With all the recent purchases, personally, I don't think there will be room for the wingers that are currently at the club. Sterling, Pulisic and Ziyech, in my opinion, will be sold at the end of the season. And honestly, I don't think that they will be missed. If these new kids we have purchased live up to their hype and play to their best ability, we could be in for a good next couple of seasons. With the possibility of purchasing Felix in the summer and getting Unkunku, our forward line looks very, very dangerous. But let's not forget our solid defence. Reese, Badiashiel, Silva, Fafana and Chilwell has to be on paper one of the best defences in the league. The only other, uh, the only further purchases that we need is a creative midfielder who can score goals. But I think Mount could be that option because he has all of those abilities, but currently isn't being played in the correct position to show his technical abilities. Lastly, with all of the injuries that are coming back soon, am I crazy to think that we could challenge for the Champions League this season? World-class players out injured coming back soon may lead to us going on a good Champions League run if we are not playing for anything in the league. On paper, with all of our players fit, the only squads that are better than ours are City, Bayern and PSG. But PSG and Bayern play each other in the next round. If we can get past Dortmund with our injuries, I think we can seriously challenge. But I was doing some research and I think I know where our real problem lies. And I hate to say it, but I think I am the reason for our poor performances. <laughs> That's a bit harsh, Anthony, but anyway, let's hear what you have to say. This year, in the Australian League, the team I go for, Melbourne Victory, are absolutely terrible this year after finishing third last year. Currently last place, playing terrible and utterly useless. Not to mention the current ban on supporters because of a pitch invasion <laughs> that happened in one of our games, which ended in a supporter throwing a bucket full of sand at the opposition goalkeeper's head. Well, of course. If you haven't seen it yet, uh, if I was you, I would look it up on Twitter or YouTube because it really is a sight to see. 
The cricket team that I go for in the Big Bash T20 competition, the Melbourne Stars, again, last place. A bunch of useless individuals playing cricket. So maybe I have to retire from supporting Chelsea and they might do well. But I'm sorry to say this will not be happening and I will forever be a blue. Up the Chelsea, Anthony. Hilarious. Well done, mate. What do you think of that? I've been watching uh, the Big Bash. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I do my... Um, I like watching uh, um, T20 and I've been also watching the South African one, which appears to have lots of English players not doing very well. But... Um, there's some terrific Aussie Aussie cricketers, blimey. Blimey, you suddenly makes you realise that they're gonna have a, a wonderful T twenty side eventually. I don't think it'll be this this year coming, but some of those some of the youths were quite astonishing. It's this constant ability to just hit the ball out of the ground. You just think I mean it, it you have to have a pitch that's very helpful for you, but doesn't seem at all or move any much movement, but blimey. But um I'll have to look about Melbourne. I thought Melbourne, uh, I thought a couple of games, Melbourne seemed all right, but clearly, clearly not. But um, the superstition's a great thing, isn't it? I remember um, uh, when I was, once again, when I was little, I was convinced that superstition played a part in everything watching Chelsea. And um, and I would do that thing of if I went to the loo, I'd have to make sure that I, I went into the same cubicle each time because that was the cubicle I'd been in when they'd, when they'd won the game before. I mean, it's things like pathetic things like that. And uh, um, uh, just, you know, wearing the same underwear and um, clapping in the same way, um, clapping at the right time, looking up, you know, 35 minutes when we'd scored, I was, I was singing um, in Dublin's fair city and the girls are so pretty. So I had to make sure that I, I hummed that or sang that on 35 minutes. So it is possible these things, you think contribute and um i began to be convinced in fact because i think we scored again on 35 that dublin's fair city me humming it and singing it was a requisite for success for the team so uh, i can understand anthony's problem here mm. so um you know it makes sense but um you're not happily, a jonah you're not a jonah really i banished that i banished yeah. that by just getting older uh, um but yes so, well let's hope they do better next year yeah. then anthony you know, so really, it's basically an, another, uh, uh, you know, deluded attempt uh, of control over something for which we have no control. None, none, none you know. whatsoever. But it's true, you know. I mean, it's you know, I, 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 I hate watching Chelsea on TV as opposed to being at the match. Do you know why? I get much more ranty when I watch on the telly. Although I was very ranty at the uh, Fulham game last Friday, but that was because it was frustrating the shit out of me. But Normally, I'm much more ranty watching the game on TV than I am in the ground. Why? For some ridiculous, deluded reasoning, I think I, I can control what's happening by being at the ground. If I start a chant, if I do this. Uh, and a t- the t- well, when I watch on TV, I feel utterly powerless. You may be a shaman, you know. You may have Maybe. the ability to... Um... You know, to make it rain. You know, if you think, if you believe enough in it, okay. it maybe you are contributing to the overall mental approach to the game. Having looked at the players we've had recently and the performances, though, I don't think anybody concentrating is going to get them over the line. I think they need to. Uh, They've been more shambolic than sh- shamanic. Oh, clever! Yes, thank you. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm a pound shop Yuri Geller. Does that mean you can you can bend coins? No, no, but he wasn't. He he was always no, at FA Cup final saying it was him that made them score the goal. Yes, yes, he he, he diverted it in mentally. Yeah, he said, yeah. That, he, yeah. yeah. 
There's always that theory you can suck the ball into the net, can't you? Oh, the so. cop do that, don't they? Yeah. yeah. They, they, they suck the cock's ref to give them VAR I think, decisions. I, saying, I, think, I think it's the ref, actually. They suck. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Okay, moving swiftly on, Jake Aldridge. Not not that Aldridge, talking in Liverpool. Yes, number seven. Hi, guys, hope you're all well. Like many, I'm sure, I was a little disturbed by the recent criticism mm. aimed towards JK by one of your listeners. He is, of course, entitled to his opinion, but after hearing such utter bollocks, harsh, hey, harsh. I strongly felt a distinct urge to express mine. I, on the contrary... oh. Jake, you're so lovely. Particularly enjoy the rants along with JK's uncut, undiluted, heartfelt and often highly amusing opinions regarding all things Chelsea. In fact, nothing annoys me more than hearing fans be strangely optimistic and positive when the performances on the pitch have been so horrendous. I, Jake, I, I, the number of people who say to me, you're right, Jonathan, you're right, they're shit. Some of us we actually want to hear the, the negatively and shared frustrations we're all experiencing. Yes. Yes, I'm, that's exactly what the response I've been getting. We are Chelsea, after all, not Arsenal or Tottenham. Look at where we are in the league table, for fuck's sake. How can JK or any of us be positive about that? Four question marks. Absolutely right, Jake. In response to the totally unwarranted shots at JK, I would like to quote a lyric from the American rapper Nas. Is it Nas or Naz? What is it? I'm afraid I'm... I've, I've no I'm, idea. I'm too old. I don't know um, who these rappers are. What's a rapper? Said, the rapper, Isn't it something rapper? that goes around a sweetie? It is. It is. It's something that's said at this person who says at the end of a of a film. That's a rap. That's mm. a rap. Anyway, um, he says Nas says uh, short for Nazim, short for nasty, short for um, uh, Nasbert. Nashiamento. Yeah, Nashier. Nasha. Short, no, that would be that would be nasal. <laughs> Dennis the Menace. Um, he had a G in front of his name, didn't he? He was a dog. Who said, he said, Nas, the rapper, said, your arms are too short to box with God. I'm sure he didn't say it like that. I'm sorry. He said, your arms are too short to box with God. Good. It's good. Yes. Yeah. 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 Thank maybe, you. Maybe the next verse was, you can't wrap your arms around a memory. Maybe. Maybe. Unlike, unlikely, though, because okay. they'd have got a right. He'd have got a rhyme with God in, wouldn't he? He would. It wasn't really a, a rhyme. It would be an assonance. It you didn't, would be you didn't laugh like, at that one. You didn't like that one. Well, I'll just cut that one out then, shall I? What, when you when you go Remove it this. in the edit. No, no, I'd keep it in. I think it was good. <laughs> I think it was good. I thought it was deep, actually, Chidge. I, I didn't think it required a laugh. Very I deep. A, I should have given you more pause. You can edit, <laughs> edit, you can edit, edit a pause in if you like. <laughs> I will. I will. If I, if, I anyway, live, if I live through this show, I will. A big thank you to Chidge, JK and all the guests for the unimaginable amount of time and effort that goes into your wonderful show. I will not have a bad word said oh, about oh, it or any of you. Much love, Jake. Oh, oh Jake. Fantastic. Lovely. Thank you so much. Thanks, thank Jakey. You. Lovely of thank you to you. say. Okie dokie. Uh, this is from Nick Luntley. He says, Dear Chidge and much esteemed guest, I felt uh, compelled to write in after hearing an email on last week's show, which I felt overstepped the mark. I know that JK is boring and irritating. No, sorry, he didn't say that. I know that JK <laughs> is a big boy and can defend himself, but I felt, really? it, I felt it important to air the view that I'm sure the silent majority all share. We like the show as it is. The show is entertaining. If you don't, that's fine. Why listen? Why take the time to write an email digging one of the hosts out for simply voicing an opinion most of us share on Potter? It was awkward to listen to such personal criticism of someone who put so much time and effort into following the club and contributing to the show. I'm all for balance, but in my view, it overstepped the mark and was completely out of order. 
I wanted to redress the balance, as I would hate J.K. to feel he was somewhere. He, he somehow has to water down his opinions due to one disgruntled listener. I find it quite remarkable how often my own views on Chelsea almost completely align. Don't change, J.K. Anyway, with my mini rant over now, uh, uh, I'll uh, I'll come to my main point. The point I feel is worth that the point I feel is worth emphasizing is that Potter has been hopeless. Changes formation like the wind, no apparent plan or style to our game, regularly outran by anyone and everyone we play, not to mention a turgid, boring style of side-to-side football that makes long ball feel like prime Barca tick-attacker. How could anyone be pro-Potter during this shit show? I've missed one domestic game all season, so that's 22 matches attended up to the date of this email before the Fulham home game. So I, like JK, have been very frustrated with all of the above. Travelling home and away at great expense routinely, having my weekends ruined. Tuchel was a much better communicator and JK's light-hearted sketches shine a light on how uninspiring Potter is. This must rub off on the players. With that negativity out of the way and looking to the future, the new signings clearly have lifted the spirits of the squad and the Liverpool away performance was the best yet under Potter. We actually ran and competed. As I say to my son when he plays on a Saturday, zero talent is required to run and compete for your team. Which was just as well, Nick, because uh, that's how I played when I played football. Because I had no talent, but I used to kick people and run (laughs) a lot, you know, because I had zero talent. Anyway, uh, we all expect with the key injured players returning and the exciting new arrivals, we will hopefully be back competing towards the top of the league once more. And let me make a prediction. When things improve on the pitch, the boring criticism, rolls eyes, will be replaced with enthusiastic praise of Potter and the side. As what happens on the pitch reflects the feelings on the terraces, the sensible social media accounts, and then usually this show. Please, can I just finish by saying how much I enjoy listening and look forward to hearing what you guys have all made of the week's action, usually listening live on Mixler on a long dog walk. The variety of the guests ensures a wide range of views are voiced and debated. Keep up the good work. Keep the blue flag flying high, Nick. Yeah, brilliant, Nick. Well done. I mean, to be, I mean, it was a bit, bit harsh on, on, on Andrew, and I understand that. But uh, you know, he, he, he's apologised, and he, you know, I, I don't think there should be any reason to, 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 to dig him out. Uh, but as I said, you all wrote these emails before you knew that, so I think you are forgiven. Um, and you know, look, I, I should really say, you know, while, while we're on the subject, you know. I, I, I actually I wrote back to, to Andrew when I got that email and I actually apologised to him for reading it out because I thought that maybe it was a bit naive of me to do that. Um, I should have known better that it, you know JK might have been upset by it. So perhaps the responsibility is with me. And I do like the fact that you said, well, at least it was very honest. And, and maybe that's what I was thinking. You know, I, I, you know, I know that a lot of you are blowing smoke up our derrieres this this week, which is all very lovely. But um you know, I honestly don't mind mind criticism. I mean, I, I will defend people's right to have an opinion with my life. I really, really well. For me, for me, this is what this show has always been about. Um, and if you've noticed, you know, we do, as, as Nick says, we have a wide variety of opinions on here. I quite often completely disagree with JK on things. Clayton uh, will quite often disagree with me on things. Tony will disagree with everybody on everything. You know, we are we are diverse in our opinions, but we all love each other. And, and that's the point. We can have healthy debate and, and not get abusive or, or just be pissy for the sake of it. Uh, and that is very much in keeping with the ethos of the show, which was literally born out of the chats that we would have in the pub after games. And, 
If you've ever been to a pub after a game, you will know how many ding-dongs you have with your mates saying, no, that's bollocks, mate. I don't agree with that. That's what this show is about. It's about opinions. And, and if people write in saying, you're all a bunch of wankers and talk rubbish, I will read it out because they're, un- they're entitled to that opinion. And I will defend that forever until my last breath. So there you go. What do you think, JK? Would that be? Would you concord with that? I agree I, completely. And I, um, and uh, I like the fact that Nick, that you you go to all the games. I think it's great. And but I agree with you about the the that point about great expense having your weekends ruined is. And obviously, TT was a much better communicator. But um, um, that that. It hasn't been really taken into into account by by lots of the people who criticise him because it, it my big thing is is we pay good money to go and watch the team and if the team don't seem to have a structure um, that's that really should be taken into account because we're we're it's our it's our savings and in times like these you 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 know you you want to feel that somehow you you well, hope your club's going to do okay but the very fact that you're you've spent all this money on seeing something that where you don't think the team is trying or you don't think the manager has a structure is very difficult to take isn't it so i kind of slightly agree slightly disagree because i mean what i, what I okay no, well the bit i agree with is the one thing i cannot abide and will absolutely absolutely lose my shit on is if I think and detect that the players aren't putting it in, if they're not trying. And there have been periods in the not-too-distant past when that has been the case, and I I cannot abhor, I, I abhor that. Because the minimum requirement is, is that you put in an effort for the shirt and for us, period. Um, I don't subscribe to the view that because we pay money to go that it should be entertaining and that they should win and they should be brilliant. Because... You know, there are no guarantees and uh, there is another side playing. Sometimes they play better than us. Sometimes our players just aren't good enough. And that's the way it is. You pay your money, it takes your choice. I mean, I go to the theatre. I don't, you know, I don't expect it to be brilliant and be thoroughly entertained. I pay my money and I I take my chance. Same at the cinema. You know, I've been been to films and I thought, that's a part of shit, a waste of my money there. But, you know, you pay your money, it takes your chance. So I don't subscribe to that. But no, I absolutely agree. Minimum requirement. You put a bloody effort in. You play for us on the shirt and you put some effort in. If you don't do I that, think, you can fuck off. I think what you're saying is that some of them are one-offs. But in this instance, if there's been a repeated series of performances... and you Well, particularly... it could be because they're not good enough, either Potter as a manager or the players as the players. Well, indeed, indeed. That's my point. Really. I mean, we've been around long enough to... Have, I mean, no, late 70s Chelsea bless their hearts we love them to pieces now i've had chats with gary chivers about this and he gets it he said we were shit we weren't very good but you bloody loved us still we did we never used to understand it but we loved you for it and well we the to... few of the few of us who attended loved well you yeah, know that's less true. and less the home the home well that's true isn't it well left. there you go people didn't pay their money and they took their choice you yeah. know that was very very true we covered that in the 50 years stuff didn't we yeah, yeah. But I think I, I'm you know, I mean we've been very lucky uh, at Chelsea because we've seen us win everything in the last twenty years, and I think we've got very used to that. And I'm not saying we've become entitled, but I can easily understand why we would. Um, I I had a I had a chat with a Spurs fan the other week who's a friend of mine, and I said, "Why do you support Spurs?" And he said, "What do you mean?" I said, "Well, why do you support a club?" that hasn't won a league title since 1962, hasn't won a trophy since 2008. You know, why do you support them? And he said, oh, yeah, okay. And he was like thinking about it. I said, I'll tell you why you support them. 
And he said, okay, go on then. I said, you support them in the hope that they might. That's that's what being a football supporter really is. Because you can't, you don't have a divine right to win anything at all. You can't expect it. You have to go in hope rather than expectation. And that's what defines being a supporter, I think. And you and I, JK, know what that is about. Because we had to wait 20, what, 24, 27 years, 26 years. 27. You know, before Chelsea, you know, having had a, uh, you know, some pretty good success by our terms in the late 60s, early 70s. Uh, and then it all went to shit, you know. And I think, I think for me, that's what defines the FA Cup as a great competition. Because, you know, I grew up with it. It's like a lottery. You never quite know what's going to happen. Is it your is it your year? Will your team do it? And then they lose to bloody late Orient or something, or Wigan, you know. That's how it is. And I think we've kind of, in a funny old way, Chelsea have ruined the FA Cup for me because we always used to get to the final or win it. And it's like, no, 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 this is not reality. This is not reality. But it became reality. But... The real reality is that there are no there are no givens in in football. It's it it's it's about the hope, and it's also the hope that kills you just to depress it everybody. Does kill you. Absolutely, but that's what being a supporter is about, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally right. I, I take my daughter, and I explain to her that I'm pleased that she's become a football supporter because it was suddenly she fancied Mason Mount when she was not as uh, much as me. And uh, I, I've heard that about you, Chidge. I thought you were going to share that with no, the group. I've, I've no shame, mate. You know, no shame at all. But um, and I said, I'm pleased that you're coming when they're not doing very well, because it'll make when they start doing well all the better, because uh, you're experiencing disappointment. You're experiencing what I experienced for a huge part of my Chelsea-watching life. And um, uh, I'm pleased that... that this is something you've decided to embrace. I said, and you have to understand that even Mason will not play as well as he used to. And I think you're seeing that at the moment. Um, but uh, I hope that you will carry on being a, a supporter of the club. And she actually uttered those terrible words. I said, if Mason get transferred to Liverpool, what will you do? She said, I'll support Liverpool. I said, no, 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 no that's not what, no, that's not what you do as a supporter. But um, I think she gets it that you were. Uh, you, I still think she needs to be brainwashed a bit more, but um, but yes. So I'm 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 treating these moments as good opportunities to teach her about life. So good. Let's do number nine, shall we? Good old Chris Castley. He says it's a long one. Be prepared, everyone. It's not a long one, Chris. It's not a long one. A long one. It's it's three pages, mate. This is just a this is a page. Anyway, here we go. Small writing. It is true. It is quite long, I suppose. No, it's not. Gents, yes, he's he's to the point, Chidge. No, you know, dear Chidge and guest with JK and, you know, lovely, just gents. So, ooh, gulping here. Uh, it's a long one. I don't want to know about that, Chris, but, oh, I see what you mean. Anyway, uh, here we go. Insert, oh, Mrs. Oh, I've, I've, I've ruined your gag. Sorry about that. Start again. It's a long he one. He does that, Chris. Insert, yeah, I do. I get in the way. Yeah, sorry about that. Well, it's because my mind's working quickly, you see. Or something. <laughs> it's a, it's a long one. Hyphen. Insert. Ooh dash misses your smutty comments here. <laughs> Chris. Anyway, superb Q and A with Mark Meehan on Friday night. I wasn't there, so it must have been superb. Have having spotted Mark in the shed upper at the Palace match recently. Interested to hear what he thinks of the shed these days. I digress. As a club, we're clearly at a crossroads in terms of our development development and the next steps. You guys are right to highlight that for many people. Roman is all they have known 
For those of us old enough to remember, there was life before 2003 and there'll be life after as well. Bowley and co are taking steps to rectify some of the issues that we've had as a club in the last few seasons, especially our recruitment strategy, which has veered from the sublime to the ridiculous at points in the last 10 years. Yes, Zappa Costa, Baba Rabbit and Drinkwater to name but three. February marks 40 years since my first match. Nah, Chris, nah, you're too young, mate. You're too young. Um, a home defeat to Derby County in that awful 82-83 season. I'll be honest, I can't remember a thing of it. I was four years old. Oh, you are that young. Anyway, sorry, yeah. I was four years old. It was cold and I was very bored. Chelsea gradually seeped into my consciousness. Yeah, you see, you'd been set up there, Chris. You'd been going up four. It's getting it. It's getting at you. Chelsea gradually seeped into my consciousness as I got older. I started to appreciate why my dad might be in a mood when he came back to my grandparents' house in the world end. And uh, it, that was the deal. I stayed at their house in Chelsea and he went to football. I initially had the better of it as I got spoilt rotten. I went to a few in the promotion winning season of 83-84 before slowly attending more matches as I got older. It's a cliche, but what a journey. From relegation in 1988, building under Hoddle, finally the glory of Wembley in 1997. European football sustained success and finally league titles and of course the big cup with the pointy ears. Chelsea have entertained, frustrated, occasionally distracted me at the wrong moment. I can't say any more, but sadly, the relationship <laughs> didn't last. Nice girl, though. And of course, provided lessons in life. It's provided me with some wonderful moments with friends and my dad, whose first game was in, was in 1955 against Wolves in the title-winning season. I also look fondly at my granddad's reaction to Chelsea winning the title back in 2005. His first game was in the 1920s, and despite hating Chelsea with a passion, he also loved them beyond measure. Oh, <laughs> it was a, I've had several relationships with women like that, yes. It was a complicated affair that he never fully resolved in his lifetime. Moments after securing the title, he turned round to my dad, who was dancing in the lounge, and said very dryly, yeah, but it's not the FA Cup, is it? <laughs> I envy sometimes those fans who've only experienced the highs of the last 26 years. But now with the recent passing of Luca Viali, that time feels like another age, which in a way it is. On the other hand, being one of the few Chelsea fans at primary and secondary school in Maidstone was character forming. To everyone at Chelsea Football Club, thank you. Just learn to take a decent corner ever so often or will be forgiven. Yes, the Connor, the last the two he took hit the first man. What is the matter with them? And don't get me started. Set pieces. What is the matter with them? Anyway, great shout out for the sleep out, which hopefully will be in March. Yes, I've been seeing um, the uh, the trust have been advertising it. Very much looking forward to it this year after having done the last three great cause and shows. Chelsea and indeed football in a positive light. Keep up the good work and up the Chelsea. Chris Cassley, shed upper, 44 years old and two thirds. Oh, mate, good email. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Be beautiful email that <clears throat> absolutely lovely yeah. and uh lovely emo emotional one about um, um relatives with the team as well that's yeah great. i mean that's god if you i mean this is the thing I, I i look at people like you chris in awe who who have got you know uh, relatives who i mean going back to the 20s for god's sake watching chelsea i mean the, well, cl the club were only what 15 years old plus that's amazing 
I'm rubbish compared to that. I mean, I'm rubbish compared to most of my chums on the fan cast, which I freely admit. But, uh, you know, that's uh, it's rather beautiful. Lovely. And the other thing is, I don't know quite how I'm going to do it, but I would actually quite like to come to the sleep out this year rather than sleep in the relative comfort of my garage, having been in front of a fire reading great works of Chelsea literature whilst drinking scotch and smoking a cigar because I miss out on all the fun. Uh, but I, I have a feeling that I'm going to have to do the other thing as well. So I might have to do it like as a pre-record and uh, skedaddled up to London for the weekend because it'd be nice to meet people like you because I don't, I don't think we've met, have we, Chris? So I'd love to meet you. It'd be lovely. Uh, so there you go. Righty-ho. Uh, email number 10, Kevin Wright. Hi, Chidge, JK and guests. I'm writing this the morning after the transfer window closing. Now, J5 has gone to Arsenal. Do you think it would be a shrewd move by Graham Potter if he was to make Mason vice-captain? This would show he is valued by the club and maybe help with his current contract negotiations. Also, do you think the current ownership strategy is too risky with all these long contracts? It would, it, With all these long contracts, it would be such a Chelsea thing to get stuck with players that just end up not being good enough and the club can't get rid of. I just can't see all of the incoming players making the grade. I would love to be proved wrong, but I don't think I will be. Uh, I would also like to say to JK, you are anything but boring. Keep up the good work, Kev. Uh, Really, really good questions, Kev. I mean, those of you, well, you haven't heard it because I haven't put it up yet because I've got to do a massive cleaning up job on it. But when we did uh, the uh, Jason Cundy gig in the Troubadour, uh, we asked uh, about who should be the next Chelsea captain. Uh, and I said, should it be Reese James? And he said, no, 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 Mason Mount for absolute certain. Uh, and he said that, that Reese James is quite an introvert, whereas uh, Mason's much more of an extrovert and would make a better captain. Um, so, yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, I, I, I think when Silver, Silver should be the captain, I really now in absentia because Dave won't get many games, one would imagine. So, Dave, you could have a situation where Dave is the club captain and Silver is the on-pitch captain. But I would absolutely make Mason the, the vice-captain. I think he deserves it. And I think, he, you know, you want people who get the club. I know it sounds horrible and outdated and old-fashioned to some people, but, you know, I think the culture of your football club is very, very important, and Mason gets it. So have him as vice-captain, and then maybe when Silver moves on, you make him the captain. I would have no problem with that. Um, as for the long contracts, yeah, it's a really weird one, that, isn't it? I mean, you know, Bowley and Co are doing this for two reasons, I think. One is because that's what they did in baseball, and it worked for them there. Secondly, because it gets them around the FFP regulations. And thirdly, I think, because it enables them to lower the players' wages. You know, if they're offering longevity of contract and security of contract, then they can possibly get them down by 50 to 100 grand on their salary. So I reckon they're doing it for that. But I agree with you, Kev. I think I think there is an inherent risk here because football is not like baseball. Um, agents have a huge amount of power. Agents don't make any money unless they move their players on. So, you know, on the one hand, uh, I suppose, you know, the other thing about doing a long contract, I'm just about to con- contradict myself here, is that if an, if, a, if an agent wants to move a player on and he's on a long contract, then the club who's buying him have to pay a shitload of money. So there is that. But yeah, you're right. If if any of them are shit and we don't want to play them, we can't get rid of them for maybe four or five years. They could do a bogard on us. So yeah, I think there's an inherent risk. So it'll be 
very interesting to see how it pans out. The reality is, Kev, we don't know, but I, I, I agree with you. I think there is a risk there. What say you, JK? I think the the problem with some of the 18 and 19-year-olds is the number of times you see somebody with great potential at 18 and 19 and they don't then come up with the goods. They don't fulfil it. So uh, it is a bit of a punt. And yet, on the other hand, I get the impression with this setup that they're they're happy to take uh, a loss knowing that they'll make money back from the other players that they sell. So I think it's all a it's a, an accountancy thing. I think they're prepared for some players not to succeed. Um, so um, and I think they'll just get rid of them. I don't I, I, I don't think it'll be a situation that they can't get rid of them. I think they'll they'll uh, even at, at lower at lower fees at, at lower transfer fees. I think they'll they'll find a way of doing it if they don't want anybody there. I just think that's that'll be the from an accountancy point of view. I'm, I'm, somebody should shoot me down in flames because I'm not a great mathematician, but. I just get that impression that it'll be written in somewhere that that's how they'll deal with it with something to do with the um what would it be if somebody hasn't come up to their their value perhaps that then gets written into the um the accounts at the end of the year or something I don't uh, but I I I wouldn't see them I I don't think they're as 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 green as their cabbage looking you know I don't I don't think they're I think they will have gone into all of this. I think these these kind of decisions, if they get three of them work out as being world class players, they've they've achieved what they set out to. Do, and, do, you, know, uh, do you know? Sorry, go on, go on. No, no, no. That's all I was going to say. Really. Well, yeah. do you know what it reminds me of? And I, I used to know a little bit about this. I when I, I used to work in in TV and stuff, and had marketing consultancies in the TV and film industry, uh, and I used to work quite a lot with film financiers and uh and you know raising money for feature films and things and the big studios always worked on on you know the really big ones who were chucking like 100 million quid to make a film they worked on a on a ratio they worked out that if they financed 10 films uh about six of them would stink and make no money lose a shitload of money maybe two or three would break even and one would be a blockbuster that would made the millions, which would subsidise the losses on the others. On the others. Yeah, and I th- and I mean it's no act, no no coincidence that this lot, you know, are L.A. based in in effect because uh, that's where the Dodgers are. Possibly, um, you know, of probably I, mean, I don't know. I don't know what Clear Lake do, but I would wouldn't be surprised if they put a lot of money into feature films as well. So maybe they're taking you know their their, their lessons from that model. So yeah, ten players, you know, six are shit three uh, proved to be okay and you sell on for a yeah. fee yeah. and one is an absolute worldie who you sell yeah. on for an absolute like a hazard to real madrid for example or you, or you don't sell on or you just allow yeah. them to be there to get you the trophies yeah. which get yeah. money in the first place and you and you um market them in a way that makes you millions yeah. on the um shirt on the sales shirt, yeah. image rights and everything else and i i, I so i'm 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 um i'm not convinced about the riskiness of all of this, I think this is probably very good business indeed. I'm I'm, I'm very optimistic about the club actually, just because um, they'll get it right eventually. You you with with this amount of finance and ability to employ top people, which they're doing, it has to come up with a with a, a positive response. I mean, I've got a Man United mate who says he he doesn't get it because he thinks it's just throwing money. This word that everybody seems to be using, scattergun effect. But you just think, well, actually, 
I think they've chosen all these players quite carefully because their stats are enormous because of all the statisticians statisticians they've got. So I, I'm um, I'm coming more and more around to the uh, um, the the ultimate success of the club in a huge way, which was their aspiration when they took the club over, and yet um, uh, I don't think it'll be um, with this manager. But that's purely my initial reaction and uh, i don't and i'm i as i keep saying boringly um and irritatingly i i really would prefer somebody who is has more personality mm. just for the just for the figurehead of the club but I does think personality add anything to the bottom line jk no from a financial point of view but he has to be a good coach but just for my my joy of having captain kirk running the enterprise you know, I want the person in charge to be uh, um, a little uh, bit more Kirk, a, le a little less Picard. A, 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 no, I like Picard as well. So I think um, I think both. Uh, I think even an, an element of Janeway. Ooh. You know, hey, that's controversial. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm kind of with you on that. I'm, I'm, you know, well, on on the on the on the business model side of it i think i think that they are they are rather clever and i tell you what what this is just to pick up a slightly different thread from the one that you were talking about i think what is hilarious is is what you were saying that uh, all the pundits all frothing at the mouth saying oh they're all they don't know what you don't know what you're doing it's all scattergun i think that there's an uh, not not an agenda or not even a narrative in the media but an absolute completely retarded misconception that everybody in the in the media seems to be under the illusion that Roman Abramovich is still in charge of this club. None of them have recognised that we are actually under a new ownership who are doing things <laughs> differently. So, yeah, if this was Abramovich, you would probably say, yeah, this is Scattergun and he's just buying another toy or something. You cannot say that with this lot. And they are getting it, they're all getting it wrong. It's, I'll tell you where you see more evidence of this. From the beginning of Potter's appointment... They're saying, oh, yeah, you know, a couple of bad results and they'll fire him. Well, you don't know that because we don't know what Bowley's going to do. Roman would have right. done. Roman would have fired him. But, they, but he's not running the club anymore, you fuckwits. When are you going to wake up and realise that? Or are you just too yeah. stupid? Yeah. But, you know, the number of people who make clickbait remarks just because they once played football... Um, is without having done any analysis of the situation is is legion there are a hundred was it jay boothroyd was interviewed wasn't he and he said oh i bet i bet uh i bet chelsea are sweating now man city have been given these uh this this these you know would be possible points deductions and fines now hey, you don't know whether they're what they're going to do when they find out if there are irregularities and the last time there are irregularities they they just paid a small fine and got away with it so or or not even got away with it, just proved them wrong. So who knows what's going to happen? But the very fact that they're using, that they're tying Chelsea in without any knowledge of the accountancy that's been going on is, is as if somehow they've just done it without thinking. They've come in and go, no, I'll just buy all these players, bought these contracts because we don't really know what we're doing, but we've, we've got lots of money and we're, we've got a football club. It's not in any way what the setup is. I mean, they the... Are, the, the an unbelievably successful bit, yeah. um, business hedge fund managers who put money into masses and masses of companies and that if, are successful. Yeah. And if anybody knows how to find a loophole around the, the, the oh. rules, it's hedge fund managers. That's what yeah. they do for a living. Yeah. Um, 
and but it just shows you the idiocy in the media i mean they are idiots because yeah. number one we we had a transfer window ban because of actually it was for what we did with the youth wasn't it it wasn't fmp yeah. no so that makes my point even more salient they were never going to get into FFP trouble because basically they, they stopped spending money on loads of players in 2013, precisely because they didn't want to get in trouble with FFP. And thirdly, um, do you think that the amount of due diligence that uh, both the government and Bowley would have done on this club would have led to them breaking the FFP rules? There have been more scrutiny financially of this football club in the last year and a half probably by well, year than any other football club in the history of football get that into your fucking thick ex-footballer skulls you total pricks but they but it, they're asking all the wrong people aren't they they're asking people who've just played football and, and who the and, fuck is jay boothroyd anyway who did he play i don't for? even know he played for the stupid prick he played for sunderland is it stoke oh, do you know I what i don't care next email <laughs> um by the way, thank you, Kevin, for saying I'm not boring. Thank you, mate. By the way, thank you. Irritating as fuck. I know that's true, but anyway, boy. Um, Matt Scott. Good evening, all. Good old Matt. Thank you. Good evening, all. Hope everyone's happy and healthy. Well, since you ask, I am happy, but oh, the I'm health. all right, but me piles and bunions are giving me grief. Yeah, and me. I mean, except for me bunions, but um, you've got a, uh, an adductor muscle in your rib, and you. Just, How'd you get that? What were you doing? I was swimming today, and I think I overdid I mean, it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but does it? Yeah, I've um two 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 and a half thousand uh, meters uh, at, at about a pace of thirty seconds every twenty five meters, which is pretty good. You are you are starring. I can't. I am Johnny Weissmuller, mate. I, I hate swim. What can you do? Uh, uh, say, I'm Johnny Weissmuller without the yodeling. Okay, good. Um, because he was Tarzan, of he course. Was, anybody listening doesn't know that the very first one. I think. With, sorry, without without the yodeling and the loincloth. Yeah, can I say I did um. Played Tarzan in the Shaken Vac ad. By the way, just thought I'd tell you that. <laughs> How could I forget that? <laughs> I've still got it. I've still got it. It's on my reel. Um, anyway, you do the Shaken Vac and put this, put, put the freshness back. Do the Shaken Vac and put the freshness back. Anyway, um, <laughs> but no, I've actually maxed it. I've had a shoulder operation because I had weirdly arthritic shoulder. And it's really giving me jip, and I'm I can't go to the nets in my cricket club because it's still hurting me, which is really a blow. But never mind. Um, Matt Scott, good evening all. Thought I'd share that with the group. How I hope everyone is happy and healthy. I've done that bit anyway. After the end of the transfer window, I was wondering what your thoughts were about this potential side for next season. See pick below. Just to note, I've stuck Declan in here as I still fully believe Bowley and Co will go all out to get him. I agree. He would be great in the side. I have to say, Matt, I really think he would be great. Like always, I sit and ponder what the club are trying to do. Yes. Like when they sacked Tuchel. Yes, me too. What the fuck was going on there? However, now when you look at the business we've done, one can only get very excited about this future Chelsea side. Agreed. Anyways, discuss. Love you all. Up the fucking Chelsea. Yeah, Matt, come on. And he has suggested... Kepper in goal. I'm not even convinced that Kepper will continue to be the goalkeeper. And I don't think it'll be Mendy because they're so after upgrades. Chilwell, yes, I agree. There've been lots of teams at the moment on the internet that have that have Cucurella there, even though you think, why? What? What's? What? Anyway, Chilwell there. James at the other wing, Badashile, Badashil, and um, Badiashil. I'm so sorry, so sorry, uh, um, Benoit, and Fofana. 
Now, I wonder where uh, Cole, Cole Hill will be. Cole Hill? Cole, God, I Cole Will. Cole Will, yeah, will be, because he's playing so well for Brighton. Um, and this is, I presume, Silver won't be, uh, isn't in your team, Matt. And he's just signed another contract, isn't he? Is that right? Is he signed, Chidge? Yeah. So uh, I don't think we're seeing that combination for a bit. And for Fana, jury's out, I'm afraid. We don't, we don't know how he plays. <laughs> Do we? Do any of us know how he plays? Gave the ball away first game he played and he got injured. Um, Fernandez, yeah, wonderful. Uh, Mount and Rice, yes, I'd love Rice, I agree. And I think if, if Mount will just up his game because he, he's got such potential, Mount, um, which we know because he played wonderfully in the European Cup year. Um, Mudrik, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Kunku, yeah, 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 yeah. Madweke. Okay, so um, he looked very interesting when he came on. Huge, long, long limb, long legs. Um yeah, but, you know, I I think you could fill in all the other possibilities, couldn't you, Chidge, as to who might also be playing? You know, where's, is Gallagher going to be sold? I, I hope not, but you never know. You never can tell with this this abundance of players. Is is Kante, you know, that's it's a big if. He might, he might, if he can avoid injury, we might have the player back that we had. You never know. You can't tell. Um, uh and it looks as if to me as if you've sold Havertz. Well, you know, yeah, why not? You know, if he's if he's not an alternative, he play him, he sell Mount and play him in the Mount's position, or don't sell any of them. I mean, that, that's the advantage of having everybody back from injury with all these signings. And also, I think they should buy Felix. I don't know whether they'll be able to, or whether they'll want to, whether he enjoys it here, got the loan system. But he is clearly a very, very good talent. You just, I mean, watching this training video of him today. God, all the little moves and and feints and oh, blimey, what skill! What a great well, skillful. You know, I think I think a lot. I mean, it's, this is the conundrum I had the other week, isn't it? But I, I yeah. think it also depends on what what system we play or systems we play. You know, um, I think it would make sense from what I've seen to have Rice and Fernandez as a two in front of the back four as a double pivot, as we all know and love. And if you're going to have a two and a double pivot, that means you're basically, I think, going to play at least four, two, three, one. Uh, which, you know, certainly means you pretty much have that. I think that's pretty much what Matt's gone for. But, you know, what if you play three, five, two? You know, maybe people like Gallagher and Havertz come into that. You know, maybe you're playing Chile and, and James as wingbacks. There. So that's the, uh, that's the squad, isn't it, then? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, the other thing that comes into play, I think, is that if if Chelsea, in effect, are going back to Mourinho Mark One style Chelsea, what we're talking about there is um, is having two world class or quality players in every position. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, look, I, I'll nail my colours to the mast here. I absolutely love the bones of Colin Gallagher, even though I accept that he's ru- ru- um, he's raw, he's young and raw, he's a bit hot headed. I'm not absolutely convinced about his technique, but I'm really hardly the, the right person to judge that. Um, but it's just an observation. But I just think I think there's a hell of a player in there if if you give him a little bit of time and he gets used to it and he and he calms down a bit and he's played in the right position. Um, he absolutely loves this club and he wants to play for it. So I wouldn't give up on Gallagher too easily. And as I, you know, we, we I don't even need to say that about Mount, but. Um, you know, uh, uh, Jonathan 
will say this to me on every show. He said, yeah, but Chich, if they're not good enough, then they're going to get replaced. And I can't argue with that. JK, as he often is, is right and a bit less, you know, gooey-eyed and romantic than I am. But what I will also say is that, you know, when Lampard was... Lampard had been at Chelsea for two years when... Uh, or maybe even a year when Abramovich turned up. Uh, no, it was a couple of years, wasn't it, when Abramovich turned up. And he hadn't yet become the player that we all got to know and love. Uh, and every year, Chelsea would bring in another world-class midfielder. And every year, Frank would up his game and get better. So what I would say to the likes of Connor and Mount is that they have... that In this, this new slash era of Chelsea, they need to do the same. Because I'm afraid that's what happens when you're at a world-class club. You've got no no real margin or leeway for too many duff seasons because you'll just go. I think um, as well. You have to remember, of course, with the five subs that um, different, you might isn't not it? Be in, in the first team, but you might be one of the subs who will get in when somebody else is injured, or you're just you know you almost have to accept being a, a an elite squad player. Um, I suppose it's when you start going out on the fringes like Aubameyang that you realise your time is o- is over. But um, but yes, having those five makes it very different. So it might be that you know perhaps Connor isn't Connor has to somehow relax and stop being the the uh, the firebrand that he is, knowing that he won't be sold that he'll just be coming on as a sub. But uh, which has been the case recently. He's, he's suddenly been playing from the beginning more. But I'm, I've I've yet to see the same player with Connor that we so we've seen at um, uh, Palace. I haven't. Um, he was a, 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 a very complete. Um, well, more product. pressure, mate. Yeah, completely. More yeah. pressure, and, which and, we know he he tries he tries too hard on occasion. I mean, so. I, I I don't know. I can't say this about Connor, but I think we can certainly say it with Mount. What 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 seems to go completely missed by people who criticise him is that this season, uh, other sides. I wouldn't say they've worked him out, but they're putting men on him. You know, they're, 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 you know they're, they're defending his space where he likes to go. And when that fails, they just kick him. Yeah. You, you know, so he's having a, you know, and this we see this happen with players so many times, don't we? They come onto the scene, and I'm talking about also foreign players that we buy and bring over here. They have a, a really, they make a really big impact quickly. And then the next season, they don't make a big impact because the other sides go, oh, no, he's really dangerous. So we need to put a couple of men on him. And if we don't succeed there, we kick him. You know, mm. That's how the game works over here. So I think people underestimate that impact on Connor, uh, on, on Mason. Once again, the, the refs are then incapable of noticing oh, well. that it's happening. Of course they are. All right, we're going to have a quick break. Uh, and then when we come back, uh, we're going to have part two. Where we're going to read the rest of the emails. Uh, just very quickly to say, um, we have had loads and loads of Patreon newbies in the last couple of weeks, which is lovely of you. Uh, and I will be getting uh, Kerry Dixon banners out to you should you want them and Discord, uh, you know, access as well. Uh, but if anybody else wants to, you know, donate a little bit each month to the show, you are most welcome. I will love you for eternity and you will get a Kerry Dixon banner if you want one and access to the Discord group. And the address is patreon.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast. I thank you. And out. When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates? Follow online commentary? Listen to the radio? Let's face it, it's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? 
NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's match day problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Welcome back to the Chelsea Fancast. I am, of course, Stamford Chidge, and uh, you are listening to our slightly random once in a while show in off the post where we basically catch up on all of your emails and this week is no exception because we had a bumper bumper crop the record number of emails we've ever had so we needed an entire show dedicated to the same and of course i'm joined by the absolutely delicious jonathan kidd hello thank you very much lovely to be on the show lovely okay we're going to get straight back into it in part two uh we've got one from james the lovely james copper another great friend and long time long time listener Dear Chidge, JK and other fancast legends, I had to write and get superlative about Mr Kidd. My heckles bristled when I heard him getting dissed and I felt a little protective, just like I would someone hammering my team. Oh, James, thank you. I remember JK being the new boy on the show with Chidge having a masterstroke making him part of the fancast furniture. It has created one of the world's <laughs> greatest double acts. Jonathan has mellowed over the years. I can't even remember the last time Chidge had to utter the immortal words, if you carry on, I will just <laughs> mute you. But he has never stopped being entertaining. Rather than being boring, JK bursts with a passion, devotion and love for our club, which erupts from every pore of his body and it always shows. His rich history, which he eloquently describes with fondness, provides us with not just the occurrences on the pitch, but a snapshot of the sentiment and emotions of a time I could never see. His unique way of describing those memories puts you right there with him, which I personally find very valuable. What a I... lovely paragraph that yes, is. Yes, it is. Isn't it just... I, can... I, am, I am really, that's a lovely thing to say, James. Thank you so much. Really great. Thank you. I completely understand and re- sorry, I completely understood and related to his views on Potter. I joked to my friends that in one game, Chelsea looked asleep in the second half and it must have meant Potter have given them a, a half-time team talk. I use Potter's press conferences when I'm struggling with insomnia. I get why JK feels discordance with him. Us creative types are deeply em- empathic and with Tuchel, there was a palpable sense of emotion, which as a supporter, you equate to a passion for the game. We want the managers to feel the roller coasters we do and Potter 
may well do so, but he keeps it close to his chest. This then creates a disconnect. With Tuchel, it felt like he was Chelsea, while at the moment Potter feels like an employee of the club. Furthermore, Jonathan's second point I also understood. As a supporter who loves this club unconditionally, as you would a child, you can take losses and periods of hardship as long as you can identify a forward plan. I must admit that in recent games I've started to see that that form or I've started to see that form, but previously had someone asked me to provide an analysis or description of what makes a Potter's Chelsea, I couldn't honestly tell you. So again, there is a disconnect. If someone asked me if I back Potter, my answer was I don't know because I don't know what I'm backing. This has recently changed, and with these new signings, I'm sure we will start to see that if so, sorry, we'll start to see that. And if we do, I know JK will be the first to put his name in lights. There are some people that see football in a deeply cold and analytical way. And some of us who don't just see, but also feel football. JK is one of those people. So am I. And it's why I could relate to what he says and why someone who doesn't feel it maybe couldn't. I don't think that's true of Andrew, to be fair. Uh, The beautiful thing about this show is the magic of it being like listening to a group of friends who love this club as much as you do, rant and rave with feelings and emotions. JK once almost killed me as I was eating while driving. And he made me laugh and I started to choke. I can't tell you how many smiles you brought me, how much laughter, how many times you verbalised and formulated my thoughts in ways that make sense. I know I've gushed many a time about what this show means to me and others like me. My daughter is 11. She's heard this show playing in the house or car her entire life. I've reached another difficult time in life, having left a relationship, but like an old reliable friend, there is the fan cast in my inbox for me to look forward to and enjoy, no matter how hard a day has been. As you know, I asked Aggie, his daughter, who would, who would she be more excited to meet when I took her to the bridge? Stamford Chidge or Mason Mount, her favourite player? <laughs> and she said Chidge. goodness me there's a warmth and love to the fan cast that is like no other show out there i'm one of many who is deeply indebted for the hours you put in and the reliable fix of happiness you inject into our lives each week i hope that it is never not working for you and continues forever thank you thank you thank you james Uh, p.s totally unrelated and I understand if you don't feel it appropriate to read it out, but I'm doing a stunt to raise money for a domestic abuse charity. This summer, I'm being locked in 30 East Drive. I, that, I'm not quite sure where that might be. It, it's somewhere in Yorkshire, I think. Uh, completely solo, in the dark, all night, with the Black Monk, known as the most violent poltergeist in the world. Fucking hell, James. If anyone wants to sponsor me, it's www.justgiving.com slash forward slash 30 East Drive or it's pinned at the top of my Twitter feed. Now, of course, I now have to go and find out what James's Twitter feed is because I can't remember off the top of my head, but I will have a look in a minute. Um, But yeah, if you want to sponsor James, James is one of life's lovely, uh, courageous, fantastic people who I've had the privilege to meet several times at Stamford Bridge down the years. He's got, you know, he's got a few obstacles in 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 his in his in his world, in his orbit, in his life, which he he without any complaint whatsoever rises above with a with alacrity. Um, so if if you want to, if you ever want to sponsor somebody to raise money for something bloody important, and I'd say domestic abuse is bloody important, then James is your man. So please give generously. Justgiving.com forward slash thirty east drive. I will be doing so, James. Be in no doubt of that, and I'll dig out your Twitter. 
handle sometime He's before the end of the show. James Coppert CFC. Oh, there we go. At James Coppert. That's K O P E R T C F C. You know where to go. Well done, uh, JK. Good work. I will. I'm. I'm. I like his tweets very much, and he tweets about the paranormal from time to time. So it's uh, he's a very interesting guy, and is is it's worth really worth following on Twitter actually because it's a it's a good mixture of stuff. So he does he does a, he does a very successful podcast on it as well. Yes, indeed, absolutely, top man, top top man, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Yes. Um, Thank you so much, James. That was really uh, heartwarming. Thank you, really lovely. Um, and uh, it, it's um, it's 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 interesting to have that revealed. Actually, really, that it that, that it's it's the fact we have that analytical and the love and passion for the side. It's interesting, isn't it? Which you one just so you get on with it. You don't actually think that's the case as to why people might then like listening to us. You feel um, it, but also. The, the the very good point you made about Tuchel. Um, I think it was Leal. Was it Leal when we were kept behind and he came out on his own? I think he was just been doing a, uh, a, a solo thing on camera. And he did all of that punching his, his fist in the air at us uh, for about, you know, See, there you go. You know, the Germans love a good fist pump, don't they? They love it. They love all of that, yeah. But it was, it was, uh, it was so stirring, you know? Yes. yes. Chidge is making obscene gestures, everybody. (laughs) If only, if only we were. This is why we're not on YouTube. This is why we must be on YouTube. (laughs) It was very funny. Um, but probably wouldn't have done it had we been you on know, YouTube. They, you know, there was a German manager called Otto Fister. Yes, I remember him well. He yeah. liked a fist pump. He did. Very good. Very good. Yes, pumping his fist. Yes, everything. But um, but it was that that coming on, the kind of thing you might get a clap out of out of Graham Potter. I'm, I'm being unfair, but, but you know, the, the, you cannot compare the two managers in the slightest. Just from a... Um, but it's what I keep saying. You know, you need to have somebody... Um, in charge of the club, who is a figurehead, who is a, 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 a huge personality, because the club is an elite club, and I'm sorry, I can't. I, and well, I suppose if the whole club becomes unbelievably successful, he will say, "I'm just the coach. I'm not. I don't need to make these kind of remarks." And I will respect that for him saying that. And perhaps his Bowley is the figurehead much more now. Perhaps we have to give in to that. Um, which is a case in the case because we never had Abramovich as a figurehead and Bruce Buck never said anything. So perhaps that's the case. Perhaps Potter just becomes an employee. Well, uh, I, I think you've just hit on something hugely important, um, which I haven't thought of before, but you've made me think of. So bravo. We can't help Graham Potter's personality and nor, nor can Graham. And I, I, I've, I've said it on this show many a times. I mean, this is who he is. This is the authentic version of Graham Potter. Do not change Graham Potter, because you would be worse being inauthentic in my book than being authentic. If you if you have no ego and not not a huge personality, I have no problem with that. I personally like managers to have a personality, and I warm to them for the reasons that James and J.K. have both been saying. But we don't have that with Potter. Quite often, managers are the leaders of the club. They are the people that you hear from nearly all the time uh you don't hear from anybody else as much 
that means if you have a manager who whose you know personality is on the down low then i wonder you know you're right you know chelsea's not just an elite club chelsea has a big personality you could say i think it's incumbent incumbent upon the plug uh, the club uh, to actually have somebody with a big personality leading it and i'll tell you what we're not getting that from Bowley and Egbadi. You never really hear them ever, apart from if it's some fucking American finance conference. You know, somebody needs to be leading this club. Somebody needs to be out there talking to the press, to the media, to us, via the press and the media. And that somebody needs to be a leader and have a big personality. Otherwise, the, the accusations will always be levelled that we're just a club run by a business consortium. Very good point. But you do think that's they still haven't appointed the director of football. Do you think it might be him? Maybe. He'd have to do that. Maybe that. But yeah. Mike, Michael, is it Michael Edwards or something, the Liverpool guy? Yes. He, he's, yes. He, I don't, you know, he, we never heard from him when he was at Liverpool. No, he didn't. No. But then they've got Klopp, who's got a big personality. Yeah, that's true. That's right. They don't need to because Klopp is an enormous personality. Yes. Pep, yes. Pep's the same at City. Um, yes. Yes. You know, Conte at Spurs. I think Arteta is becoming that at Arsenal, much as I loathe him, Captain Black. But, uh, you know, it's got to come from somewhere. You know, you cannot lead in a vacuum. And I and I, I, hope, I mean, if they're listening to this, take note of it. One of you has got to step up to the plate and lead this club and be the face of it. You know? Yeah. Lesson over. JK, Gabriel Ewan, the lovely Gabriel. We saw him in uh, the Q&A the other week. Indeed. Dear Chidge, JK and gang. It's just it's just me and Chidge, actually, Gabriel. So, um, hope this email finds you all well. Well, apart from my shoulder and my knees. As you may have discussed in this Monday pod already, that it, it is, uh, it's not a Monday pod, actually. It's uh, it's Thursday because we have to put more together in, in off the past. The team is always going to take time to gel before we actually take off. Look at Arsenal, how shit they were last season. Look where they are now. I'm still baffled at the amount of fans, quotation marks, who expect things to improve overnight. That was never the case. Certainly unrealistic. But we're definitely heading towards the right direction. I'm hopeful Chelsea will be back soon. Patience is something a lot of newer Chelsea fans don't have. And, and some of the older ones are very cruel. Um, It's about time they find the courage within themselves to get off FIFA and actually learn to be patient. Hmm. Uh, that being said, the real reason I'm sending this mail because we missed JK during the Q&A show. Oh, I couldn't ask him to do this bit live. Ever since Benoit Badiashil usurped Kaladu Koulibaly's starting spot, I've been tremendously impressed with his performance. He doesn't make mistakes, clean passing, win tons of headers, overall a very solid defender. At the age of 21, he still has so much room to grow. I, without a doubt, think he should keep playing next to Silver for the foreseeable future. Last week, as I was pondering about what would be a good chant for him, <laughs> this came across my mind. I just can't seem to get it off my head. This could turn to be an absolute tragedy. It turned out to be tragic, so please bear with me. The chant I came up with is ever so simple. Um, with the tune of Urban Dragostiadin J.T. by Ozone. What? I've never heard of it. What? With the tune of the song, Dragostia Din. I'm going to have to do research on this and have a listen to it while Chidge is reading out the next one. All right, then I'll have a go. But simply replace the lyrics to 
Badia, Badiu, Badashile, Badiahaha, and repeat. I'd like to hear JK singing this live, but it wasn't meant to be last week. Hence, if he would do it on this Monday show, that would be great. Okay, well, I'll prepare it and do it on Monday. All right, it's a deal. All right. Again, if it's either a banger or absolute melt, I feel that it's more shit than good. So there you go. Whatever. Uh, it's a good idea if I, I'll look it up first and give it a go. Give it a go. I mean, the trouble is, uh, Gabriel, I, I think it's great, all of these things we all come up with, but what are the chances of any of them ever going, ever, ooh, ooh, ever, ooh. ever happening? I didn't yeah. tell you, did I, on Monday, because I completely forgot. I started yeah. a massive chant. I love it when that happens. But there was I, there was I sitting yeah. on the cusp of uh, the M, the Matthew Harding upper and the East stand, yeah. four seats behind Marco, and I yeah. started a, I did my, you know, it was a rather loud stentorian voice. Come on, Chelsea! Come on, Chelsea! And then about a nanosecond later, it reverberated around the whole oh. of the Matthew Harding end. I oh. love it when that happens. Oh, the I joy. love that. Alternatively, when you try it and nothing happens and you just have to sort of quieten down and just accept. Yeah, you, you can look a bit of a prick if you do that in the Matthew Harding because, you know, you can be very isolated very quickly. Somebody was attempting to do... Um, um, oh, not one moment to move, not, uh, not spot. Um, oh, God. My mind is gone. Um, uh, 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 Zigazaga. Um, coming out of the tube at full of Broadway. Brilliant. Brilliant. But it was it was sort of, you know, it, it was just tentative. And then people were because people were on the move. It's very difficult to do that when you're on the move going to the uh, to, to present your oyster card. You know, it's just it it got a bit straggly. It got a bit limp and strung out, as you'd expect, because everybody's walking up the stairs. People are quite puffed. But, you know, good on the guy gave it a go. At least they ever at least people had a go at it. But it was just. Very weird to hear it, hearing it being uh, being being done as he was going up, and then it was it was um, when the blues go marching in was sort of lost, you know. But um, love it, love yeah. it. All right, we got one from Jalal. I'm Kar- finished. I'm oh, finished. haven't you finished I'm the email? Finished. I do apologise. No, I'm finished. Um, uh, yeah, <clears throat> it was the it was the oi 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 people having difficulty with the zigzag. Before anybody goes to say to me, no, but it's only one one person singing it. No, it's the uh, it, um, it were people were joining in oi oi oi. Um, anyway, I'd like to close out this email by imploring fans to stop looking for scapegoats in this team. With J5 gone, I'm already seeing people jumping on Kukareya and Mount's back. Sure, they're having a down season, but who doesn't? Back our players and coach. Things will get better in time. As always, thank you for all you do. Have a fantastic week and up the fan cast. Much love, Gabriel Ewan. Thank you, mate. Thank you, thank yeah. you, thank you. Um, Kukarella will inevitably um, suffer. And I think... Son of Potter. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I think he'll. Um, uh, he just needs to. Um, well, it'll be uh, Chilwell will be playing. One hopes, and he'll then come on as a sub, and so um, he'll have his moment. I just think we 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 yet to see anywhere near the the best of him. He's just as you say, he's, he has a, very having a very down season. But um, uh, good luck to him. Right. Jalal Karadia says, Hi guys, long time since I wrote in. I think it was the Super League disaster when I last wrote. Needless to say, a lot has happened. Actually, the Super League was rearing its ugly head again today. I think we'll be talking about yeah. that on Monday, on Friday, in fact, tomorrow. Um, I'll get straight to the point. Our midfield is, in my opinion, a complete disaster. I'm writing this one hour post Fulham. Good point. I'll take it. The season's over. But for fuck's sake, Potter... We need to see some progress soon. I'm probably being a bit idiotic, idiotic, 
idiotic even, considering we've just signed like 17 players, uh, and it definitely takes time to gel. However, the pattern of play shouldn't matter regardless of who is playing. There is no pattern of play, no identity, other than pass it slowly and begrudgingly over to the right and watch Ziyech put in a hopeful ball to the back post. Again and again. It's boring. And it's so... Yeah, yeah, it's, it's boring, JK. And it's so easy to counter. In my opinion, this comes from a lack of midfield discipline. There's no connection from defence to attack. Whose job is it to provide that? The midfield. Now, against Fulham in the first half, I thought Enzo and Connor played closer together. This allowed both of them more space and time because Fulham had to defend two deeper mids. In the second half, Connor was basically playing as another 10 alongside Mount. This led to a massive hole between the defence and attack. Enzo was marked out of the game completely in the second half. Fulham had two players immediately in his vicinity and a third player 10 to 15 yards away, marking open space in case he found his way past the first two markers. This is why Silva and Badia Shield had to slowly walk the ball up to the halfway line or pass slowly sideways or backwards. So frustrating because the solution seems so damn simple. Drag Connor down to play alongside Enzo. Simple. More space for the two deep mids to manoeuvre the Fulham markers. This allows the centre-backs to have more than one passing option and also creates space for Mount. For 70% of the second half, Mount and Connor are sitting in each other's laps. What the fuck is going on? We basically played a formation of 5-0-5 in that second half. Connor needs to stick to doing one job. His energy and desire seem to be to his detriment, just as Mount and Kai's versatility is to their detriment. We need two deep midfielders to stay close to each other and hold their positions. Play fast and keep it simple. Enzo has an eye for a pass, so let him take the liberty of creating from deep. Connor has energy and can tackle and cover well. Do that. Stick to that task. Don't run forward like a headless chicken all the time. It seems like he doesn't know how to play deep, which is fair. That's probably not his position. Exactly, Jared. Uh, But I really think that he can play there with some proper coaching and instruction. Exactly. Where's the coach? I don't think he's dumb, so why not? If you have more threat in the middle, your wide players will be able to stretch their legs in opposition defence. If that happens, guess what? There will be more space in the middle for the 10 and the striker to move and create. It's a vicious cycle. Right now, we just don't create space at all in the middle. So the opposition only defend out wide, and it leads to endless, pointless and non-effective crosses. We need to be faster in the middle, and I don't know how many different ways I can say that. Also, lads, I have absolutely zero agenda. So when I say this, please know it's not coming from a place of hatred for any one player. But for God's sake, bench Mount and Kai. They are both in horrendous form. I know we have a lack of players in those positions, but they both need to sit on the bench for a while. The season's a write-off. It's over. So sit them down and play for Farner up top and Felix in behind. I know he was banned for the Fulham game. Or even play Chukwameka in the 10. But take Kai and Mount out for a while. Kai's brain looks of it's running slow. His touch is Werner-esque and his slow passing ruins attacks. And Mount can't trap a ball or execute passes right now, it seems. He looks tired, low on confidence and frustrated. Give the guy a break. Let me know if I'm an idiot and if I've got no idea whatsoever. These are just the ideas of a guy who has only ever watched football on the TV. I'm certainly no coach, but the space between defence and attack against Fulham, especially in that second half, could be seen by a dead man. Lastly, wanted to wish you guys the best in all aspects of life. You all are great, and I really love listening to you guys talk everything, Charles. I've been listening since August 2015, and there's no one better than you guys at giving the most authentic set of views and opinions. Take care, guys, and as always... Up the chills. 
now, I don't know if you'll read this part out in the fan cast, since I've already rambled on for a long time, but two more points just struck me. Firstly, on Mount and Havertz again, they simply look like they don't enjoy playing football right now. And when that happens, the magic is gone. They both, both look miserable out there. So sit them down and let the players who are enjoying themselves have a go. Secondly, and I'm going to get stick for this, but I promise I'm not a gooner in disguise. Look at Arsenal's midfield. Two deep, two deep line midfielders, sorry, deep, two deep line players in Xhaka and Partey. Both have capabilities to pass, defend and cover ground. Rarely will you see one without the other within 10 to 15 yards. And then a 10 in front of them in Odegaard. He's their best player. Why? Because he has ability, yes. But the two behind him give him the freedom, time, space and cover to use his ability. If you watch them play, their pa- if you watch them play, their passing is quick. Maximum of three touches and the ball is out of their feet. Quick play, whether it's forwards or backwards. Quick play out of the back, quick recovery on transitions and quick transitions from back to front. All from keeping two deeper players disciplined. And I strongly believe Enzo is a better player than Partey and Xhaka. And I truly believe Connor has the dedication and drive to become better than those two. So, give them time, but also proper coaching. And that's the main thing, coaching. We need to see Potter really start implementing his identity in this team soon. Because right now, we look like the exact same team during Tuchel's downfall from second half of last season but I'm willing to give Potter time as long as we see some sort of progress between now and the summer. Okay, that's enough from me. Sorry for the super long and rambling mess of an email. Take care, guys. Um, Well, Jalal, for somebody who's only watched it on telly, I think you're remarkably uh, insightful in terms of uh, structure and tactics there. But I have you absolutely right. But what I would say uh, in everybody's defence is um, we... You know, we don't have what I would call uh, an out-and-out defensive midfielder, a a, a real, you know, six or two sixes. Um, You know, even Kante is not a proper defensive midfielder. He can play on the pivot, but he's not a defensive midfielder. Jorginho was a defensive midfielder, but wasn't really. He didn't have a lot of the attributes that you need to be a bona fide, I'm sitting in front of the back four or three, defensive midfielder so the club doesn't really have anybody like that Enzo is not a defensive midfielder he's more of an eight from what I'm told so I think half of the problem that we've got at the club is that we haven't really had a defensive midfielder I would argue since correct me if I'm wrong JK Makaleli. well I was going to say Matic actually let me be kind True. because before that you would have said Mikel but I'll go for Matic all right um, and therein lies the problem. And I think this is exactly why we need Declan Rice. Because Declan Rice can play on his own as a six, or he can play in a two with somebody who can pivot. Because, you know, Rice has got a huge amount of athletic uh, athletic, athleticism, and uh, he can also go forward. Uh, and, he, you know, he, he's played in central defence, so he's got a defensive head on his shoulders as well. And I think until we get a proper defensive midfielder, this is going to problem. We've got all these different types of midfielders who don't seem to be able to do the job that we need them to do. I mean, I know you, you, you mentioned Connor and I absolutely agree with you. I mean, but was it, was it Connor being ill-disciplined and just running around like a headless chicken and going forward all the time? Or was it Potter saying, Connor, Connor, we need a goal. We need you to go more forward more of the time. So this is the trouble. We don't know, do we? Cause we never get told. Um, but you know, I don't think Connor is, is, is really the player to play on the pivot. I don't see it. Uh, maybe 
you know, I see Connor and and Mount playing as two eights uh, with with uh, Rice Rice kind of you know behind and in between them because I think Rice is good enough to play DM on his own. Not you don't have to. Where, have does, a... where does Fernandez play then? Well, I mean, you know, maybe Fernandez boots out boots out Connor. But from my my understanding about Connor is that he can play as an eight or a ten. That's what I'm under, led to believe. That's where he's always played. Mount's always played as an eight. You know, so. This is this is I think I think you know it's easy to sit here and stick the boot in on pots like oh don't know what you're fucking doing you're playing all these players out of position maybe there's some truth to that but I do think a lot of this is down to the personnel that he has and I do think he's being forced into playing you know round you know square pegs in round holes uh, you know I mean we saw we all saw bloody Sterling playing wing back so I you know I, we are so not there yet and I think we are still lacking some crucial personnel and I think you know striker arguably goalkeeper and definitely defensive midfielder are the holes. And I agree with you on Mountain Havertz. We said it on Monday that poor old Mace just needs to be taken out of the, the, the you know, the, the, the spotlight for a minute. Um, I, I do believe he's, he's you know, form is temporary, class is permanent, but I think there comes a time when you just need to give somebody a break for their own good because remember, he's still very young. And I think the problem with Mount, which I did say on Monday, so I don't mean to repeat myself, but I think for Mount, this is the first time in his entire career, as in since he joined Chelsea when he was eight, that he's had a stinker. And I and I mean, you know, not that I'm talented in any way, shape or form, but I'm a psychotherapist, so I can un- understand it on one level. If you've always, every year, got better and better and better and had success upon success upon success, when you have a season when you don't and you can't, it really fucks with your head because you don't know why and you don't know what to do to get back to what you had. So that's why I would take him out of the, the spotlight because I think it's really tough for him at the moment because he's probably in that place of, you know, what do I do? Everybody says in football, oh, oh, work harder, work harder. He's working harder and it's still fucking up for him. So he needs to have a break to have a reset. That's, I think. The, that's the manager's default as well because that's what he says in his press conferences when asked. He says, well, we just have to work harder. And you think, well, in some instances, I don't know if this is the case because it's 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 not having any effect. Sometimes on you the, need a break. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, exactly that. So I totally agree with you there, Jalal. What a cracking email, J.K. Cracking, cracking. I love the bit about the the analysis of the midfield was great because I didn't spot that. Yeah. You know, I suppose one must be nowadays much more analytical. We don't have the benefit of rewind when we're at the game. Hey, there is there is that aspect of or course. watching it again. Yes, that's very true. Absolutely right. You forget that aspect. I keep when I'm when I'm watching the game. I have to keep asking who scored that. You know, if yeah, it's the other right. end or whatever. You no, know, who made that pass or the goal? You see the the chance, and you say, "Oh God, who who was the who was the first person who played that good pass at the beginning?" You know, because you've forgotten that in the moment. So it's gone through three other people, but you just you miss it. You know, so. Anyway, who did he book then? You know, that aspect. <laughs> I mean, it begs a really interesting question, doesn't it? Because we've always said, oh, you know, when you go to a match live, you see the whole game. We see more of it than you do. You know, you lot on TV, you don't, you're talking shit. You only see what the director lets you see. But the reality is, because they can watch it all again, because they can rewind, and because yes. they're not distracted by the shit. I mean, when you're at a football match, there's too many distractions. You can't have eyes everywhere. So you actually probably miss far more than people who watch it on TV do, if the truth are to be told. It's the, the the thing they miss is the panoramic. They miss the things that the director hasn't made a decision. They miss to. the off the ball stuff, the running. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and also the fouls and the uh, and the um, the choice of the linesman. There was an interesting 
is it Keith Hackett on Twitter actually is quite outspoken about refing, and he said uh, he echoed my opinion about um, the linesman not being involved anymore and waiting for the referees to make the decision. And I thought, well, at least we've got people who are ex-refs being able to notice what I notice all the time, which is that whether they're scared of making the decision or they're just not up to it, I think they're scared because they don't want to, they, they defer to the ref all the time. I, I know this from experience. Um, but I think that uh, um, it, it's that kind of thing that when you're watching, I'm always aware of the linesman waiting for the referee to make the decision before he puts his flag up, which of course is ridiculous. They need to be, um, it, they need to be part of the team. That, that the implication behind that is that they're just, they're just uh, appendages, and they mustn't be appendages. But um, it's that kind of thing, and also just the odd scuffle in the box, in the manager's area, or the the odd, the odd moment of substitution or a player something happening. But absolutely agree with you on on telly. You can rewind and look at things in a much more um, intimate way, whereas we get the we get the uh, the corner of our eye vision to see things happening. But yes, it's a toss up, isn't it? So. Yeah. Anyway, email 15, Joshua Spar. Hello, all bitter go. I, I heard you read an email from an Australian fan in your podcast. Yes, it was moving, touching and quite pleasant. On this frigid evening in the northeast of, northeast, northeast of America, sitting with some cookies, some cookies, with some cooks, some weird men, with some cookies and wine, I wanted to write a story to you. Cheers, lovelies. This is a story about Chelsea and one of the many things Chelsea means to me. I'm an American born on a small farm in Pennsylvania. When I was young, I had a lot of unmanageable energy. My parents wanted to exhaust me before bed. So they enrolled me in a YMCA program. And at the age of seven, I learned how to play football. Most summers, my parents sent me to camps with semi-pro players, along with counsellors to put up with youth and that fuzz of energy. And I learned to love the game, the sport and the play stroke strategy of football. I played up until college when I decided to take an academic turn, focus on studies. I couldn't afford college on my own. So I joined the Army National Guard to pay for tuition. During the summer, worked odd, odds and end jobs to have some petty cash for the year. During my freshman year at college, or rather the summer of that year, a lovely Englishman from Harrogate came into the store I worked. He was a bit quirky at times, and some of my co-workers thought him odd. I soon learnt we shared similar taste in art and music, and being under 21, we'd grab coffee and exchange CDs and ideas. On my 21st birthday, he took me out to a brewery for a tour and some drinks, bought me a case of beer. After we plopped the case in the car trunk, we went to a bar. Lo and behold, Chelsea was on TV. He began to tell me all about his years in West London in the 70s doing construction, and how he and his workmates enjoyed the matches at the bridge. There's always a bit of a pause for him in that story, something about accidentally joining a headhunter bunch of hooligans, having to ask for overtime at his job to avoid them seeing to avoid them seeing them at the matches on Saturday for a bit of time. But thankfully, after some time, things cooled. He went back to the bridge and has been a lifelong fan since. I told him about my past playing football and reminisced I hadn't lost interest. I just never thought to watch a game, only to play it. Magic sparkles. I was 21 then, I'm now 38. This wonderful fellow is now 72. I moved away from Pennsylvania to Boston 10 years ago and last year to New Haven, Connecticut. 
Throughout my time knowing this chap, we've become incredibly good mates, calling each other a few minutes after a game, talking with the air of utter glitter and farts, what our thoughts and impressions were, stroke are. Whenever I drive down to Pennsylvania to see my family, I always try to set aside one solid day to watch a game with him and have a boozer. A have a boozer, have a pub, no. My family often wisecrack when I say something like, I can't come down until Chelsea play Man Shitty or Spurs. Alas, that is all to my story. I love this good mate and miss our time apart. All the sweeter to have a few, too many sometimes, pints and watch Chelsea after months of not seeing each other. Our friendship is enduring kindness and openness and our shared love of Chelsea has become a piece of the puzzle in the broader puzzle of why I love this club so much. Thank you for your time, Mr Chidge. Have a most wonderful day. Up the chills, Joshua Spa. Lovely story. Lovely story. What a lovely email. And that, my friends, is exactly what it is all about. You've captured it perfectly, Josh. Love that email. Uh, this is from our dear old friend Philip, Philip Kenley. He says, I have to get this off my chest. I, I, I don't know why, but I'm hearing that in a Basil Faulty voice. But I am. Anyway, I have to get this off my chest. It's almost like that from Monty Python, isn't it? I wish to register a complaint. <laughs> this is a dead parrot. Anyway, I just thought, watching that, I think he means the Fulham game, that Potter is being set up as the patsy. It's ridiculous what we've done. This is not how you build something. Buying a load of expensive players and just expecting them to click. Too many pieces. However, what makes the job completely impossible is a huge squad, which is just way too big to manage effectively. Too many big-name players will miss out. It's a recipe for disaster. Then the club let Potter take the blame for us not being good enough. How else can it end? Says Philip in true East Ender. Do, 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 do. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Philip, that's genius email. I love that. What do you think, JK? Has he got a point? Nah. No, why not? I think he might have. I mean... Would it's almost unprecedented. It's Would almost. Why not? They're ruthless businessmen. Why not? You're the bloody conspiracy theorist. I thought you'd lap this up. Oh, I'd love it. I'd love it. I'd love it if they did that. I'd love to beat them. But um, I'd love it. I'd but, love it. Um, I'd love it. But uh, how long before it, this happens? Perhaps the summer. Perhaps that's what. Um. I mean, they they may not need to be the patsy if 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 he just cocks it, but perhaps they know he's going to cock it. Is that what they're saying? That I, I mean, one uh, thing I will say: every single football pundit who knows their stuff, and even plenty of them who don't, and ex-players have all said in unanimity that it is this is something that is incredibly difficult to manage, having that number of players in your club, and the reason they say that is that they know footballers. Footballers are walking egos. Every single footballer thinks that he's the best and that he should be starting. And only 11 can. Which means at any one time, you, if you've got 30 players, you've got like 15, nearly 20 players who are extremely fucked off. And what do fucked off entitled people do? Complain. They, and, and come together as a, as a clique. And well, they act out. And get the manager sacked. Yeah, but they act out. That's what they do. They create a stink. So, in other words, in order to keep the good ship Chelsea buoyant and happy, 
you have to be incredibly adept at management. And if you remember, certainly Jose Mourinho was, um, you know, in his first incarnation, less so in his second, but certainly in his first. Carlo Ancelotti was, because he's just Carlo. I mean, I remember I've talked to players like Kerry and Gary Chivers and they've told me quite honestly that if, if the players on the bench that had been benched and you had taken their place would be actively wanting to you to fuck up and do badly because it meant that they would get their chance. So basically players can be very, very selfish. They don't give a fuck about the team ethic. It's like, I want my chance and if you fuck up, I'll get it. So it's a really hard thing to manage, you know, for anybody. So if Potter is this great communicator and man manager, we are about to find out. That's how I think it will end. Isn't I don't know, why Phil. He's, why he's been employed, Chidge, because well, he's maybe so. to be a great man manager. Yeah, maybe so. Perhaps he was part of the plan. If this has been the plan all along, he knows exactly what he's in for. He's been informed. Perhaps that's what they were after. They wanted somebody who would be uh, capable of dealing with this because... You know, once again, if Barbara Sharon is to be listened to, who is, is the PR record, PR expert um, record, as in records, as in CDs, I mean, discs. Um, she said it's a wonderful plan. We've got wonderful things happening. She said that early on, um, not giving the game away. So he would have been part of the plan, would surely be, if that's a, in which case he then says, yes, I'm here to make sure that all these players we get gel. But as you say, if they don't gel, I mean, it's not a question of being a patsy. It's a question of the, if it doesn't happen, he gets sacked anyway. Yeah. With a patsy. Bottom line is, Philip, we don't know how it's going to end, do we? We just don't know. That's the beauty of football, mate. Anyway, I hope you're well, mate. Lovely to hear from you, as always. Is this right, Wesley Feist? It is. Because the previous one, I've got two Joshua's. Yeah, sorry. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That was my mistake. I corrected it for me. You corrected by doing it. Good. Wesley Feist. Hey guys, Wesley from Vancouver, Canada. Haven't written in a while. Thank you all for what you do. Your podcast's a real bright spot in my week the last six years. I've really loved the 50 years of Chelsea series. Being only 33, I never got to see the earlier years you covered. But once I saw Zola, I knew there was no other team for me. Being in Canada, it was tough to get games. And I'd uh, end up getting up at 4.30am to watch Chelsea before I went to play my own games each weekend when they were actually on TV. God, how'd you do that? God, exhausting. After going through a rough couple of years where I dove pretty hard into the bottle, or didn't see a way out of it, I've been able to rediscover my youth through Chelsea again. I'm coming up on a year sober and I'm starting to see who I am as a man. I'm also starting to see where Chelsea are headed. The team, along with your show, has helped me through some dark times of late. Oh, well, thank you. Though the results haven't been there, the community and shared enthusiasm for the club has been great for the most part. As fans, we all have our own opinions on what works and what doesn't. But as Chidge has said before, there's a reason we aren't managing the team. <laughs> Health debate has been fun, but the toxicity of social media I've had to leave behind just for my own sanity. The online space truly brings out the worst in humanity. We're all fans of the same club. Be nice to actually support the club instead of attacking each other when we really should put that on to Arsenal and Spurs fans. Absolutely agree, mate. Absolutely. Chidge is doing a thumbs up here. This is why we need to have this televised, because Chidge's activity behind the mic. Guys, if you only knew, he's now he's now being a kind of fish. He's, what is he now? <laughs> he's, 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 uh, and he's now flying. And, and God, he's now, he's now 
taking his clothes off. Oh, my God. Oh, he's put them back on again. Anyway, on to the football. Firstly, I've seen this club going downhill for four to five years, in my personal opinion. We stopped buying the best players. Absolutely my point. Absolutely. You see somebody, Felix comes in, you think he's the kind of player we always used to buy. Stopped buying the best players. Started buying stop gaps and systems players for the managers who are in charge. As the current squad shows, it's clearly made up of the vision of four different managers, none of which, none of whom lasted long enough to actually see if it worked. We were desperately in need of a full over overhaul. I, for one, am happy to see ownership back a manager, even after poor results. It hurts to see, but it's something we've all been screaming for since 2007. They've been improving and a nil-nil draw against Fulham is not what anyone wanted, but three clean sheets in a row is a big improvement than leaking goals at the back. Benoit and Enzo look the part. Madweke is raw, but looks an upgrade on Zayek, I agree. David Fofana is minimal playing time, has shown shades of being a special player. Mudrick, though, had a very poor game there. Seems to be something special. Jonathan said a couple of weeks ago he couldn't remember the last time he brought in players who were better than who we had. Absolutely right, I did, yeah. Looks like we finally did, yeah. Enzo over Jorginho, Madweke over Zayek, Benoit over Koulibaly. Um... Which is a shame, isn't it? Because both um, um, Jorginho had his moments, obviously, as we've said, and uh, Zayek, we thought, would be a better player. We really did, having seen him be so wonderful for Ajax. And Koulibaly is supposed to be... Past it. ...one of the best players in the world, but clearly can't deal with the Premier League. Um, the future looks bright, though we all want to win now because this is what we're accustomed to after years of our last ownership. The squad had grown stale, was not going to compete for a title in the state it was before the takeover. The team needs until the end of the season to gel and come together. And next year with this current squad, a title and silverware is definitely possible no matter who the manager is. Hmm. Interesting point. Hmm. Mount and Gallagher, though I love them, once seeing Enzo, Benoit and Felix play, do not look to be at the same level technically. And as much as it pains me, they may not be good enough. Uh, very good point, Wesley, but I I think we discussed it. I think they may be good enough. It just be they're not being played in the right way at the moment. And um and Mace is spent in some way. I, I think I think Mason's without doubt good enough technically because yeah, we've seen yeah. it before. We've seen it before. I have um, I have I said said earlier in the show I've got yeah. doubts about Connor technically. Yeah, I agree, yeah. I agree. Just my humble opinion on the current state of our wonderful club. Keep up the great work. Excellent mail. Thanks, Wesley. Really terrific. Yeah, Thank lovely. So lovely, 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 lovely. And I, I'm sorry to hear about your troubles, but I'm more delighted to hear about the fact that you've battled your way through them, which is uh, yeah. no mean feat. So keep up the sobriety. Yeah. Good on you, Brilliant. mate. Yeah, yeah, well done. Superb. Okay. Um, yeah, so speaking as somebody who had to stop drinking for nearly a year because my liver was in a very parlous state, I think it's not easy. So well done. Uh, George Spencer, the lovely George. And I owe George a stonking apology. I really do. Ooh. Dear Chigi, JK and guest. Who is the guest tonight? Uh, my invisible friend. It is, isn't it? Yes. Humphrey. Desmond, Desmond, my dog. Is it Desmond? Desmond? I thought it was Humphrey. No, no, Desmond. Don't. Okay, uh, well, that was a bit of a damp squib. A nil-nil, a nil-nil draw against Fulham, not helped by playing Havertz and Mount again. What was it Einstein said about doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results? It's the pathway to, to insanity. Anyway, however, it's not all bad. Enzo Fernandez looks like the real deal and worth every penny, despite what Danny Murphy might say. 
And he's a fine one to talk, given that when he was 21, he was playing for Crew Alexandra. Exactly. People are comparing him to Casemiro, but unlike Casemiro, he doesn't seem to have the urge to grab opposing players around the neck. Furthermore, we have boiled so much piss that it looks like there could be a national shortage of whichever beer you want to take pot shots at. Uh, Liverpool went down 3-0 at Wolves, and Winchester City came back from 2-0 down at half-time to grab a point at home to Merthyr Town. I am not fully convinced about Graham Potter just yet, especially if the rumour about David Fofana going on loan to Galatasaray is true, but I think we do need time to give him time. Sorry, I think we I think that we do need to give him time. On the subject of Potter, I cannot understand why JK wasn't offered a voice acting role in the Hogwarts legacy video game. Up Me neither. Um, Absolutely yeah. agree. Don't know what that's all about. Blimey. Uh, were you not? I thought you'd did no. you yeah, you always used to do that. No, this is the new one. You you got the L, you got the old Spanish archer. No, I, I, I wasn't. I, I, my agent did bugger all about it. Oh. It just came out, and I thought, why isn't? wasn't I up for that? No. For goodness' sake, I played so many bloody characters in it. Not good. Anyway, until next time, up the chels, George Spencer, George. Oh my God, huge apology coming. Um, I did say to you, didn't I, that I would come and see you for the Winchester City game on the fourth of February when they were at home, and they did in fact beat Merthyr Town two 0 Do you know what? I was shattered last week and I got up and I got embroiled in loads of admin stuff that I had to do, like my invoicing and all sorts of other shit that I don't get time to do in the week. And uh, and I was also going up to London on the Sunday to do the book signing with the uh, Come Along and Sing the Song Boys. And do you know what? I clean forgot. I clean forgot. I'm a dickhead of the highest proportions. I'm so sorry. Uh, and I know that games at home in, of Winchester are few and far to come by. If, if I don't make it this season, I'll tell you what, George, I promise you, come to Winchester anyway and we'll have a beer. I would love to see you for a beer, even if it doesn't involve a game. So I'm really sorry, George. I am feeling very much in the doghouse. Next. Next. Stephen Osborne. Hi, Chidge, JK, and my dog, Desmond. So... I finally got round to getting a Patreon account and joining Discord. This merits a letter. Mm. Proper Chelsea since 1977, when I was eight, we moved as a family to the States in 2011. Me, my wife and our four kids. One of the hardest things about the move was giving up our two season tickets in the West Stand Lower. Apart from watching the games on TV, podcasts have been a great way for me to keep up to speed on the game and the club. When I moved here, I had a daily commute that was 40 minutes each way, so I got into podcasts. Podcast choices were less bountiful in 2011, so I started with Five Live back in the day. It was okay, but, but a bit all over the place with content. Too much Chris Sutton, not enough Pat Nevin, too frequent and not enough Chelsea. Then I got into The Guardian's Football Weekly. Superb, bit pro Arsenal, but once James Richardson left to start the Totally Football Show, I switched allegiance to that but it was still journalist podcasting, not fan-based. At some point in my footy podcast journey, I also got into the Men in Blazers with Roger Bennett and Michael Davies, two Brits in America. Fantastic for a while, especially as Davo is a Chelsea fan. This meant it was overweighted to Chelsea. Of course, we were doing really well under Jose Conte and looking back now, even Sarri. Then Davo went all anti-Chelsea because matey with the Palace ownership and I couldn't stand his negativity. Mm. Around the same time, I stumbled across the Chels. I was delighted to find a Chelsea pod and became a regular listener. 
I was still unaware of Chelsea Fancast, even though you guys must have been up and running by then. So began a tour of Chelsea podcast. Chelsea mic'd up was fun, then it was killed. Straight out of Cobham came in, bit serious, overfilled with quizzes. Next up was London is Blue, which I do like quite a lot. Something about them being here in the US makes a connection for me. Like you guys, I can imagine being in a pub and talking bollocks about Chelsea for hours on end. By now it was 2021 and I wasn't commuting anymore. And given they turn out about five shows and six hours of content a week, I was struggling to keep up with their shows. And so we get the wonderful fan cast. I'm pretty sure it was the London in Blue Boys that mentioned the Chelsea fan cast. How on earth hadn't I come across you lot before 2021? Chidge, what did we do wrong? Chidge, didn't tag it. I don't know what we did. What did we do? Fucking poor marketing. Sack the marketing director, I'd say. Yeah, Useless yeah. twat. Chidge, you're sacked. You're fired, son. And so coming into the, get your coat. So coming, no, that's something different, isn't it? So, yes. So, so yeah, apologies. No, no, I won't get my coat. Thank you very much. <laughs> And so coming, ooh, get you. So coming into the brave new world of 2023 now, you lot are my top footy broadcast podcast. A word of caution, though, as you can see from my (laughs) 10 years of general lack of faithfulness, much like J5, you're at the risk of being cast aside when the next shiny Enzo rolls in. Chidge, what can we do? We're going to make more of an effort. I'm sorry, but there are plenty of other podcasts available. I mean, we, we, we have to live and die by those rules. Absolutely. But seriously, what a show. What a community. What a bunch of interesting reprobates with amazing access to the club's past and present. And thank you for pretty much limiting your output to two shows a week. Working from home now, you are not my commuting companion. Now you generally accompany me on my slow runs around the back roads of New Hampshire, where today it was bloody minus 29 degrees centigrade. Ah! What do you wear? What do you wear in that? I mean, thermal upon thermal upon thermal. And a face mask. Heated thermal. Oh, God. So I'm in and I'm hooked. I have my CPO share. Whoop. I'm a member of the trust. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Now I'm in Patreon. Whoop, 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 whoop. Discord and Mixler. Ah, if you see Bowley's Barbarians or Mixler, that's me. An aside. As Alex Churchill might be able to confirm, it was the Barbarians that ultimately took over, the, uh, took, took over after the collapse of the Roman Empire. So Bowley's Barbarians has the irresistible alliterative allure as the replacement regime following Roman. Not a centralised power, unlike the Romans. The Barbarians were a disparate bunch from different corners of Western civilization. So a kind of a consortium like Bowley and Clear Lake Capital. I'm not going to work this analogy anymore for now. I'll keep quiet. But please know this is the beginning of my campaign for a Bowley's Barbarians banner in Matthew Harding. Ah. Moving on from that aside for a while now, I've been meaning to write to the fancast, always end up forgetting to. It's usually Sunday night and I'm trying to deny the fact the weekend has been frittered away and I've missed my deadline for getting a letter in for the Monday show. With not much to watch this weekend after our deflating nil-nil draw on Friday, I got the chance to get this email out before heading out for a nice beer with a mate. West Ham. We'll have plenty to talk about next weekend. So rather than getting everything off my chest right now, thought I'd introduce myself first and try a bit harder to write ever so often. Every so often, even. That's it for now. Stephen. Good. We await more, Stephen. Well written. Very good. Terrific stuff. Yeah. And how, how interesting you went, got us via all those those rather excellent fan casts and, and like, but as you say, the pressure is on. 
We've got to keep it up, Chidge. I mean, mate, we've only been going since 2008. I mean, arguably, it's a it's a toss of a coin as to who started first, uh, the Chelsea or us. So we are the original, mate. So I'm the podfather, mate. But uh, I'll forgive you because I love your, le- your I loved your email, and also you're on Patreon, which makes me love you even more. And I know you're in Discord too. So welcome on board, Stephen. And we're so glad you've joined us. Brilliant stuff. Righty ho. This is from Luke Goss here. We're nearly we're nearly there, J.K. We've only got three more to go. Oh, Chidge, I can barely keep my eyes open. I think they're, they're, I, th- I think actually there's four more to go, but they're all oh. relatively short. All right. Oh, right. It's been monster, hasn't it? It's been longer oh, than I've a normal. I, do you know? I've... You know, this is why we couldn't do it in in a Monday show, mate. Oh. We'd still be doing um. it now. Right, Luke Goss here. Good evening, Chidge, J.K., and whichever esteemed guest is on this week. Oh, Desmond Dog. Yeah. Yes, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, thought, I was expecting a bark or a woof. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah sorry. Uh, I wanted to take a moment to express my appreciation for what this podcast means for me. I'm a USA-based fan. I started following Chelsea around the 2011-12 season. That's a good time to start following Chelsea. D- uh, Luke, d- very good. This was all by happenstance due to me randomly choosing a club to play on the FIFA video game. I shall never be rude about FIFA video games again, Luke, I promise. I did not know much about the sport then. But I remember scrolling through and reading the brief descriptions of the teams. I immediately ruled out Man United, Liverpool and Arsenal. For some reason, I was drawn to the blue of Chelsea. I guess red isn't really my colour. So I started following any way I could. I looked up how to watch matches and I saw that game times were really early. I was in Los Angeles at the time. But whenever I had the chance to watch the Blues play, I would get up, go to the couch and silently watch so not to wake my family. Sometimes those early kickoffs at 4.30am, I would fall right back to sleep given the, t- the way the team play. <laughs> Mate, I, I, I felt like that at three o'clock in the afternoon after a few beers. Anyway, as my fandom grew, I wanted to learn more and keep up to date with everything. I wasn't big on social media, so I turned to podcasts. This wasn't until 2018 or so when I finally had more time and I wasn't constantly working trying to make my way through college. I must admit you weren't the first podcast that I got into. It was by way of that other podcast, London is Blue, that I found out about your podcast. Right, at this juncture, I have to make a public service announcement. Um, I think it's wonderful that the London is Blue boys um, have clearly been doing an, an absolutely superb job promoting what we do here and getting us new listeners. But I would like to point out that London is Blue started because they liked what we did. We were their inspiration. I just wanted to have that as a matter of public record. Not that I'm bitter and twisted at all whatsoever. Anyway. So, I did start listening just before the 2021 season. I found your show because I wanted a more fan-based perspective from people who go to the matches. And I found that with your show. Your voices have kept me company during my adjustment to moving away from my family for work. I moved across the country to Richmond, Virginia. Lovely part of the world. Uh, I've listened to every episode since I started and I'm slowly going back through the 50 years of Chelsea content. I appreciate everything that all of you put into making this show. I feel that I'm a fuller supporter of the club now. No matter how the matches go, the show truly feels like I'm listening to some friends banter in the pub. Great stuff. Uh, One last thing before I end the message. I finally have the opportunity to travel to London for my first match at the bridge. I'll be over in a couple of weeks for the Southampton match. Uh, I'll be travelling solo and I was wondering if there are any suggestions on what to do. What are the pubs I need to check out? How early can or should I get to the ground? I'm staying in the Kensington area. Uh, Also, I was hoping to potentially see a lower league team match on Sunday if possible. Okay, we can think about that. Uh, Do you know if any of them are playing then? 
I'm lucky that one of the bartenders at the pub I watch matches at used to be a season ticket holder in the 90s and he's given me some good tips. Any tips or advice are greatly appreciated and maybe I'll bump into you at the match. Again, thank you for all that you do. Up the Chels, Luke Garcia, Richmond, Virginia. Luke, um, I will email me. I will email you my telephone number so you can WhatsApp me nearer the time or on the day because right now the pub situation for us, or for me certainly, is precarious because I got royally fucked off with the fact that I was in a queue six deep all the way along the bar at the cock with no hope of getting served within 20 minutes, which I'm sorry, I will not tolerate. So I stormed off in a huff looking for a pub that didn't have a queue and I didn't really find any. So the pub situation in Chelsea is pretty shit at the moment, but I'm working on it. But the best thing to do is if you phone me, then I can tell you where I will be. All right, that's a deal. JK. It's me again, isn't it, Chidge? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Philip Francis. I understand that an apology has already been made. For that, I'm grateful. To avoid all doubt, I'm referring to the harsh opinion email that was read aloud, calling my favourite host and my favourite Chelsea podcast boring. Sorry, Chidge. Sorry about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not offended much. Uh, much. I felt compelled to write him because as JK was staggering like a stunned boxer responding to the unjust reprimand, I was. I'd had several blows to the uh, the abdomen, in fact. I realised tears of joy and disbelief you in my eyes. You could say it was percussive. Very percussive. Very good word, Chidge. Very, very good. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. Um, um, weirdly, the French word for percussive has come into my head and I don't know why. Um but um, acoustically percussive, even. No, no, rubbish. Anyway, he, anyway, yes, uh, I'm going back on that. I felt compelled to write in because as JK was staggering like a stunned boxer, yep, there was a combination of punches got me, responding to the unjust reprimand, I realised tears of joy and disbelief in my eyes. He doesn't know. JK doesn't realise he's my favourite character on the show and I love everything about it and him. Oh, Philip, Philip. Thank you. All of it, the voice, the voices, the points of view, giving up the plot of part two, the wit, the humour, the critique. Yes, yes, wet lettuce, I agree. Oh, mate, thank you. Put me in the bias column because JK's part, personality and opinions on the show agree totally with me. If someone thinks differently because they feel, for example, the coach is being wrongly targeted, needs leniency, needs time, well, they may think enough already or it's not constructive. I believe that my favourite presenter of my favourite Chelsea podcast I believe that my favorite. Oh, yeah. Chidge does a great job of fairly reining in JK's extra large personality qualities, as well as debating contrasting points of view. Yes. Chidge is the the he's the pressure cooker, isn't he? Chidge is the the valve that allows me to express myself. Chidge is the the um, the the circuit that is broken. The it grand fromage. Yes. Chidge is the well, no, you're interfering with my electric imagery here Sorry. by calling us. So calling yourself cheese because you know that that would you can't stick a piece of cheese on the the circuit well, i suppose you could and it might short circuit it i think know? i've done that to you a few times mate stuck cheese on that's true actually. made you short circuit that's for sure <laughs> i dread the day chidge will go too far in a critique for i fear i hear the word chidge is just not working for me <laughs> yes i do run fairly close to the wind sometimes Overall, I applaud your courage to read that email on the show, but I caution you about your commitment to read all emails for the simple reason you may unfairly attribute a vocal or single opinion as being shared by a larger group just because it's an opinion you've received. 
Of course, run the show as you like, including the discretion or not to read everything. Thank you for reading my email and for the wonderful job you all do to support Chelsea fans all around the world. Lucky enough to, to find your show. Wishing you all the best. Philip, Florida, USA. Now, once again, you see, look, Chelsea fans all around the world, lucky enough to find your show, Chidge. It's as if it's a secret, as if it's some kind of, it's a gem that's been hidden under a stone. It's been lost. It's been buried. Surely it should be more out there because lucky enough to find your show, to find your show, Chidge. You know, if Philip hadn't found the show, he wouldn't be, he wouldn't be complimenting me. Yes, but it's a, it's an initiation test, isn't it? Oh, deliberately. You're doing it deliberately. That's why we have the best listeners of any Chelsea podcast in the universe. Because they, they found have, us. Yes, they have to be dexterous. Uh, they have to be full of initiative, <laughs> cunning, <laughs> guile, wit, yes. persistence, tenacity. Yes. To complimentary. Find complimentary. Yes, it's a test, mate. It's a test. And Philip... You have passed it with flying colours, mate. Yes, thank yeah. you. Well thank you for your lovely words, Philip. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. But I have to say, I wouldn't be able to do it without you. Ah, mate. It's a great double act, as we all know. All right. Uh, Neil Spencer, he say, to Dear Chidge, Lord Kid, and the delightful Mr Glover, I have to say that listening to one of the recent podcasts where one of our fans decided that a good use of time would be to slag off JK, it's a bit harsh, Neil, fired me up a little bit. I don't know, JK. Though through your excellent podcast, I rather feel that I do. Indeed, I don't know any of you. Though one day when I escape Connecticut, I'll come and have a beer with you in the cock. However, I do feel the need to share that my opinion of JK and the show in general is polar opposite from that of he who riled up Mr. Kidd. I in Indeed, I listened to several podcasts, including a handful of Chelsea offerings. But some time ago, you lot became my go-to Chelsea offering Pushing the Chelsea side somewhat. Well, that's a shame because they're lovely people. All due respect. Uh, one reason for that is your origins of chatting with mates down the boozer remain true today. And for those, for those of us stupid enough to have moved to the US by way of example, the fancast remains a fabulous grounding to home and away real Chelsea support. Enough with the gushing praise. I love a JK outburst. I love the passion, the honesty. When we're good or bad, it's what the vast majority of us think. We don't want to be a mob of knee-jerk reacting wankers, but let's be honest, we're football fans. It's what we do. OK, how about Friday night? 300 quid spent. Take us down the Fulham Road for the SW6 derby. British transfer record, record broken. Recent performances making us tingle again. And here we are, under the lights, ready to unveil part two of the season where we monster the opposition and miraculously find a way back to the top four. Dot, 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 Fast forward to the sound of air coming out of a balloon. And that's the match report. Yes, there were glimpses of quality. Enzo looks like he can get it done. And great to see Reese and Chile on the same pitch. But blimey, was that it? In truth, I had my sights a little more fixed on West Ham away with Felix back in the team and an almost all-star cast ready to show what the vision really is all about. So I'm going to put the fickle hat away for a bit longer and keep the faith. Thanks again for your monumental effort, boys and girl, and we'll say it forever. Up the Chilsa! Connecticut Neil. Lovely, lovely email, Neil. Brilliant. Uh, JK. Um, so yeah, so he, he spent Friday 300 quid, did he, coming down, Neil, to watch the game, and he was rather pissed off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, as we said, yeah, it was, it was, we were all, as I said in my fan bite, I was, there was a spring in my step thinking what was going to happen felt about nine and it was all a bit of a, a damp squib anyway um well done 
Neil, good good email. Excellent. These emails have been fab fabulous, really fabulous emails. Bloody hell. Anyway, Jeff Lowry. Um, Jeff Lowry. Hi, Stamford. <laughs> Do you want to let you know a few thoughts from a seasoned Chelsea veteran living in long-term exile? Thanks to an in-show nudge from Johnny Minerals a few months back, I rediscovered your platform. Brilliant. Maybe I wasn't ready for some sophisticated pub talk those years back on YT, but I certainly am now. The schedule topics, guests and additionals, e.g. on the road, provide a very interesting spectrum of content. For the record, starting in my early teens, 1970, I managed to attend a lot of games home and away throughout the 70s. This in spite of my parents' divorce, leaving the then home in Cobham to join the British Army and in turn a posting to Germany, from where I'm writing to you now. Back to the show, 50 years on, a similar trajectory to back then, on, off the pitch. Don't think so, but who knows? We just have to let the crazy Chelsea roller coaster play out. I share a lot of your observations and concerns, especially with the new owners. Be fascinating to see if the board is able and willing to carry through the rebuild, including adjusting the spine of the team this time around. All the best for the Chelsea fan cast. Up the Chelsea, Jeff. Nice. Good old Jeff. Nice to know. Nice, nice, nice email. Good stuff. Well, absolutely right. And, um, I mean, Jeff's just, I mean, Jeff sent that into Patron. He's just literally joined Patron. So, hey, first of all, Jeff, thank you for that. That's really kind of you. Uh, secondly, lovely to hear from uh, one of uh, her, her, I almost said Her Majesty, His Majesty's uh, Army. Um, we, re we appreciate the, the service that you provide and uh, the efforts that you put in. So you're in Germany. Fancy going from Cobham, though. Eh? Mate, you, mate, you'd have been in the... But he's still in the army there, or has he? Cause if yeah, he's... yeah, yeah, no, he is. <laughs> He is. He, he, I shall read it again. This is in spite of my parents' divorce, leaving the then home in common to join the British Army. And oh, I know, but, but but it's 50 years on, he says. But oh, 50 right. years on. So he's still in Germany. Perhaps he's, oh. he's a German speaker, well, obviously. So it's, it's really interesting. Do let me know, Jeff. But uh, yeah, it's right really fascinating, Jeff. You're one, I think you're the first person from we've had right in from Germany. Isn't that right? Mm, no, no, they're not several. Sure. Not sure. But anyway, Jeff, if you were in the army, thank you for your service. If you're still in the army, thank you for your service. But either way, let us know and uh, let us know where you are. But I mean, I'm sure you will because I'm going to, when I when I've, I haven't sent it to you yet, but I will be sending you the link to Discord. You're most welcome to join. And uh, if you want to carry banner, I'm sure you'll let me know and I I'll, and you'll have to give me your address so I know where to send it. But uh, really lovely that you've, you've joined us and found us. And uh, also big up to the wonderfully mad Johnny Minerals. The man who uh, basically backs Mason Mount in, in, I mean, he just winds up everybody on all the Mason Mount haters on Twitter. It's a joy to behold. And he's a decent bloke. I met Johnny in the pub a few times. And actually, Johnny, I owe you a message back on Twitter. I know I'm a very busy man. It's no excuse. And I will do better. All right. And anyway, I hope you well. And Jeff, lovely to hear from you. And in fact, JK, lovely yeah. to hear from everybody tonight. Because what an, I told you, 23 emails, world record for us. And they've all been absolute humdingers, haven't they? Oh, I love them. I love them, the fact they're all around the world as well. I just love it. They're fantastically well-expressed. And also the, the the joy of watching the team and being supporters as well is just oh, absolutely brilliant. The guys, really superb. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. It's so great to share your, your support of the side, even vicariously via emails it's just lovely it's just it's it, and the sentiment is and thank you so much for my support from from people i'm glad we sort of made it up with uh 
with Andrew, but um, thank you for for backing me. I really do appreciate it. It's lovely of you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I mean that that that. I mean, obviously, that's been pretty clear, hasn't it, throughout the show tonight? But uh, actually, J.K.'s right. I mean, you know, um, look, okay, I think it's all been blown out of a bit of proportion. We've all made up with Andrew. He didn't really mean it. Blah 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 blah. blah. It's all good. But it's lovely, isn't it? When uh, it's it's kind of there's something quite wonderfully Chelsea about that, isn't it? When one of one of you gets, you know, um, lumped, everybody piles in and, and and helps you out. It was, I mean, without being a bit naughty and controversial, that was always you. That always used to be what used to happen back in the day, you know, one in all in really. And uh, it is a lovely thing. We do look after our own, and you lot have more than proved that tonight in your own special, lovely way. Uh, but yeah, I mean, wonderful emails. I I don't know about you, J.K., but I feel very humbled by tonight's show from the oh, lovely completely. things that people have said. Oh, brilliant! Brilliant. You know, we are not worthy. We really aren't. Um, right, that's what we've got time for uh, tonight. Uh, it's been a rather long email show, but it's been very enjoyable. I hope you've enjoyed it too. We will be back tomorrow night on Friday for the preview show, looking ahead to Saturday's match against West Ham. And uh, right at this very minute, because I've been a bit lax with my schedule. It could well be just me and JK again. It could be the greatest double act ever seen in this country doing a repeat performance. Uh, for your sakes, I hope we find somebody else to join us. But if not, I'm apologising now in advance. Uh, now, you heard me talk about Patreon. Plenty of plenty of the people who've written in have, have just joined it, as you've heard. Patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. If you sign up, you'll get a Kerry Dixon mini banner and you can join our Discord group. And you will also get our everlasting thanks for being such lovely people and donating a little bit every month. If you want your emails to be read out, the best place to send them is ChelseaFanCast at gmail.com. Although I will accept things from Patreon, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you name it, if I can, you know, be, remember to look. Uh, you can follow the show on all the social media at Chelsea Fancast, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd and me at Stamford Chidge. What a marathon, JK, but every inch of it was absolutely delightful, as I said. Fantastic. Absolutely delightful. Absolutely, as you said, yeah. yeah. Humbling, absolutely agree. Yeah, you're gonna Brilliant. be gonna be fit and ready for tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what time are we kicking off tomorrow? Half seven. Seven, yeah. So we haven't got um Adam. I don't know yet, because I, I basically fucked up. I mean, I started doing the schedule this week, sent out all the dates. People have been emailing, and I've been got busy. And once, it, once it gets to Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, I'm, I go dark. I know, yeah. So yeah. I, I, put out, I put out an emergency uh, WhatsApp message. Is anybody available for tomorrow? Uh, so we'll find out. Hey, mate, if it's just me and you, it'll be fine. We'll manage. We'll manage. We'll be all right. So there you go. Uh, that's it from us. Bloody hell, I, I need to go to bed. It's really late. It's past my bedtime. Uh, thank you for listening. See you Friday. Until then, keep it blue, keep it careful, keep it chills. Yeah. How are you, Blue? Get that ball right up. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.